0: Hi, this is Stephanie.
1: And this is Mark. We had some kind of technical glitch that occurred at the beginning of uh, this show for the first two segments. Getting back from
0: Porkfest, it was a little rocky.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. We called Ian in and he uh, pushed one button on one of the boxes that blink over in the rack of boxes that blink over there and uh, fixed it. But he he didn't know right away. So it was a moment of panic even for him. But uh, anyway, he you know he showed up and basically fixed it, and it was it wasn't anything that you or I could have fixed, and apparently it right. wasn't even GCN's that fault this time around. But uh, re- you know, sort of out of respect for the <laughs> uh, the the originality of the art, <laughs> does that sound right to you, Stephanie? Sure. We decided to leave the podcast as it was sort of heard. There's a an old show that's kind of mixed in here, plus us trying to talk over it and figure out what's going on. You
0: can hear us floundering around trying to figure out what's going on for about the first two segments of the show yeah, so. and that's about
1: 20 minutes worth of uh worth of segments then things kind of straighten out get on an even keel and do a regular program so mm-hmm. you know if you want to move forward 20 minutes to avoid the chaos you're welcome to do that if you want to you know chuckle to yourself at look at these uh mup trying to figure this out <laughs> you're welcome to do that too
0: all right well thanks for listening as always and here's the show It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. Free Talk Live is a live radio show where you can call and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-3733. We're on every single night of the week. And you happen to be listening to the live Sunday night edition right now with Stephanie. And Mark. We're so glad to be with you.
1: Mark, we just got back from a week long trip, didn't we? That's right. We were up uh, what, what a couple couple hours from Key New Hampshire, where we do the show. Um, we were up in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Uh, we were, you know, at a camping festival called the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm concerned when the music plays that long. Sometimes it means we're not on the air.
0: Oh, um, I think we got it. Okay. Well, GCN, are we on the air? hopefully we are okay. we can just just talk
1: wing it like like we are (laughs) so uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a gathering of well probably uh, we're we're guessing maybe 1200 liberty loving individuals showed up there at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and you know there's all kinds of things going on family events and and, uh, you know adult parties and you know everything in between lots of commerce being done with alternative currencies that kind of thing and uh, well it was an amazing time
2: Good. That's GCN.
1: We should be live. We've gotten the message from the board operator that we've got terrible audio in our um, headphones. Is that the deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll pretend I don't hear it all. Uh, so, so there are alternative currencies being used. People buying and selling with uh you know silver and gold and uh, bitcoins too. What was your uh, sort of thought on um, the, the Porcupine Freedom Festival? You ran the the free aid tent where people could go get uh, medical attention. What was it like?
0: I did. Yeah. Um um, I, th- I was really glad that uh aid was there because <laughs> Mark just, this is very dis- distracting. Uh, oh, so the, the network is saying that they don't hear us. So apparently we may not be live oh, right now.
1: Well, make sure the ISDN is open.
0: Uh, it is. It's, okay. it's open. Um, I don't think we're muted. He's asking if we're muted. So, Mark, um, can you talk a little bit? First? I'm, I'm, tra- okay. I'm, tra- I'm a talking, talking away things. here. Yeah. yeah. I don't
1: see if um, you know, the... ISDN is, uh, that would be my guess. Um, I'm unmuted. You know, we didn't have, usually it's the first segment that goes bad when, when we're out at Porkfest, uh-huh. and that didn't happen this time, so I guess we were due for the first segment to be bad uh, on the first <laughs> show back from the Pork, Porcupine Freedom Festival.
0: Yeah, I guess we had it coming to us somehow. Yep. No, I mean, uh, it sounds like we're hearing audio from the network, but uh, they're not hearing us. I've been pressing buttons. I don't know. I'm muting things.
1: Well, I'm gonna call Ian. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: that sounds great. In the meantime, maybe the the live stream listeners can hear us. so oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure that's the case. Okay. Well, we got we got people to entertain. Um, let's see here. Okay. So, Pork Fest. Porkfest was great. I had a good time. Um, You mentioned free aid, Mark. That's the uh, sort of first aid tent that we helped out with at Porkfest. I was really busy with that, but, um, you know, I was so glad that there were lots of people there to help out with the free aid tent because um, there were a couple of sort of somewhat serious things that happened. Um, Really? Yeah, somebody had a kind of a severe allergic reaction. To alcohol? No, no, um, just multiple allergies to, um, like, Uh, shellfish, things like that, Um,
3: uh, uh, like
0: maybe wheat or soy. He had multiple allergies, so I had to call an ambulance and refer him to a local hospital. And, you know, um, like we said on the air before, free aid is is not uh, there doing very serious medical treatment, but, you know, we were there with Band-Aids and sunscreen and anything else anybody else needs. and, you know, kind of referring to the appropriate professionals when available. But, um, you know, it was nice to have someone right there to sort of take care of things as they happen. Mark is on the phone with Ian right now trying to figure out what's going on. I guess our live, live stream listeners can hear us. Um, the board operator is asking if we are getting uh, the GCN feed. And yes, we are, if you can hear us. I'll type yes to him. Very distracting to try to do a radio show and talk at the same time. Something like this is going wrong. Oh. Well, it's changed, but we're still getting audio. Okay. I'm sure there's something going on that I that I should have pressed that's not pressed. Mark, come on over here and take a look. This is very entertaining, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you can still call in the show 855-450-3733. If you'd like to talk with us this evening, if you have a story about Porkfest or anything else that you'd like to bring up that's on your mind, Uh, even though we're having technical difficulties, hopefully you'll be able to hear us soon. Um, Mark is busily checking out what's going on. Um, So other things about Porkfest, it seemed to be a lot calmer this year than in previous years. Um, I remember last last time at Porkfest, there was sort of a lot more like wild partying going on. Mark is looking at me. Are you, is everything okay?
4: Okay. I have pushed
0: multiple buttons, and I'm not sure which is the right one. <laughs> so the network says they are not getting us. So I guess we're off the air right now. Um the White House a one-item to-do list. was an amendment to the Senate Farm Bill. Maybe Ian can help us, Obama but he's very busy right now with uh, the, the post Fest activities. A lot of people come to visit Keene after Porkfest. I think Ian has gone to gallivant around, around with them, maybe take process them out to Social Sundays, to talk to them a little summer. bit about what they experienced, Congress how they Congress like New Hampshire, things like that. So he's not here, and he knows the studio best. We try to figure it out, and we managed to get it set up at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Mark, but... But, um <laughs> <laughs> clearly we're not uh, something's not clicking here Canyon Capitol Hill a temporary patch stopped down we don't know what's going on okay well this is still going to be recorded for the podcast <laughs> yeah well you know I mean
1: I can't really start a show with uh, you know if we're not on the radio
0: yeah exactly
1: so we're gonna pretty much have to start over anyway I've given Ian a call hopefully okay. he'll show up but uh, yeah. you know, otherwise we're just gonna Duck in the water until unless GCN can figure out what's going on. Okay, well, generally anything, anything really
0: insider you want to talk about for just the podcast audience regarding the the pork fest.
1: Yeah, sure. You know what well, my favorite part about the porcupine freedom festival? Oh, that's nice. Ooh. Has GCN just come in? GCN, do you have us, Charles?
0: Save us, Charles. <laughs>
1: just talk into the microphone if you can hear us, Charles. I think he's just uh, disconnected there. Okay. So the thing about the Porcupine Freedom Festival is, uh, you know, what it, it, the the view is awesome, and I talked about it on a great deal. Is the mountains there, and then at night, um, if you can get away from whatever ambient light there is at the at. Uh, the sort of major gatherings, mm-hmm. you can really see the stars because uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, oh, it's beautiful on. up there. And then, um, you know, it's sometimes, uh, you know, at night, you can, uh, you know, if you listen really closely, you can hear the sound of the common drunk screaming right outside of your uh, tent. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's beautiful that almost like the sound the the of the birds
0: call. chirping. It's sort of a. Hey!
1: Natural. Hey! You can hear it. I mean, it's, The natural it's animal noise awesome. in the forest yeah, yeah, environment you know you'll it, it's difficult to distinguish the common drunk from the meth addict, but you know they they, oh, wow. they they're out there yeah th- i i hope the there's woods. no method pork fest <laughs> i don't know you know better than i that. do
0: no, I wouldn't
1: <laughs> if somebody had some kind of reaction,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was to uh, shrimp or peanuts or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw some person who looked like they needed some medical help that wasn't would look like they were having a reaction to alcohol,
0: yeah, I think I expect a lot of people did, but you know i I was just saying, Mark, while you were trying to fix the board that there were it, it seemed a lot calmer this year, and I think that was because of the explicit policy of you know no alcohol
1: sales b y o b oh. Are I think we're coming in back in. Coming back in. Oh, Charles? it sounded like it for a moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're trying. Yeah, I hear Free Talk Live music, Ben. Bringing the
1: audio in. Have no idea whether we're, we're on or not, Charles. Give us some uh, give us give an us audio clue here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear
1: ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're replaying. This is good. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear that on the podcast. Uh, the podcast. No. Stephanie. You oh, it's really
0: weird to hear your own voices back. This is surreal. Five, zero, three, I think seven,
1: we're pretty much going to have to wait until Ian gets here.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, John, I don't, I don't this know. should be interesting, Mark. Not only For, what is? <laughs> this will be interesting in uh, uh, waves, but it's an interesting show. I guess people might hear this and think we're still at the Porcupine on. Freedom Festival, huh? On
1: the on the live show? Maybe. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. I wonder why we don't have any okay, audio now. Okay, now.
0: now the audio went away. Okay. Well, anyway.
1: happenings. I, just about everything over there is unmuted, so I don't know what to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe some things that shouldn't be unmuted. I push the button. We're not an audition. I don't know. I mean, they at uh, right. and people will vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same it's with It's you. You're yeah, a radio amazing. star. Right. Stuff yeah. rises to the top. It's <laughs> impossible it's it's to talk with your song own song voice song in your, back in back
0: back in your back head. Yeah, <laughs> difficult. <laughs> <two laughs> so okay, what now was now your
1: most exciting event from the Porcupine I'm
0: hearing banjos or something. My most exciting event...
1: Well, I think a story. lot of. I mean, we do oh, a lot yeah. of these, I guess,
0: disturbing. Oh, it's stories. going in is and a, out.
1: Um, story that well.
0: We could give a commentary on our own show from last classy, week. I
1: guess. You think it's from last yeah. week?
0: Yeah, and in this case, it's it's about a gay relationship. That's not what's last. Doesn't possible. sound like last but week's. It's, it's I think it's grabbed some archive from. Maybe, the past. Um, yeah, possibly. Very anti-immigration, famously an anti-immigration sheriff. Who? Has, oh yeah, this is from a while ago. I love that story though. Talked about it. An illegal immigrant. And Hopefully, we're doing good content all the time. Sure <laughs> Except when we're not connected.
1: The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free Super Saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com.
5: Talk live
1: 855-453. That's the Seacoal toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've uh, been talking about a situation here where it appears as though there's uh, a little gay intrigue going on. And what, 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 where's this uh, Sheriff Bebo from? Uh, I think it's Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, before we go on with the article, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is coming up next weekend. Uh, it's going on from Thursday through Sunday. Oh the yeah, twenty third through twenty sixth. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Me um, too. You can, if you know, you can still you can still come to the Liberty Forum if you want. It's at um, the uh, the elegant. Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, and there's all kinds of speakers going to be there. Carlos Miller from Photography Is Not a Crime. Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine. Peter Schiff, uh, the Doctor Doom, the guy who uh, predicted the the recession before everybody else did. Prax Girl, John Bush, Joel Salatin from uh, he, the author of You Can Farm. He's a big uh, food activist. If you uh, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, you can get your uh, tickets there. Sign up with coupon code FTL2012 in order to get a 10% discount. There are several different types of uh, tickets, whether you want meals or not, or which days you want to be there. It's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, coupon code FTL2012. So, Stephanie, go on with your article here.
0: Yeah, so just for a brief recap, there's um, a sheriff in Arizona, Pinal County, named Paul Babo, and he is a very uh, public face of uh, opposing illegal immigration. He's very anti-immigrant, and apparently he had a years-long relationship with a Mexican man who was, his, who was uh, an undocumented immigrant, or his legal status was in question, yep. and then uh, allegedly used his attorney, the sheriff did, to threaten this guy Jose, who's withholding his last name for fear of you know being deported, uh, he he probably he felt just,
1: pretty secure in his uh, status there prior to that when he was uh, you know messing around with the sheriff.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. And and this is very interesting. So allegedly this Jose was threatened with uh, deportation as well as his family. Uh, it says Jose says he met Babo in October 2006 on gay.com, a dating website. What started with an online invitation from Babo for the two to get together, he says, turned into not only a personal relationship, but a professional one. Jose says he created and maintained Babo's campaign website,
1: oh my, his Facebook page and his Twitter account. So he's got campaign staff that's illegal, <laughs> illegal aliens bringing bringing gay folks in from Mexico and giving them jobs. I mean this is just too too good to make up, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, it's sorted. <laughs> it's just
0: the hypocrisy. Uh, Babo didn't pay him for his online services he claims. So uh maybe, you know,
1: it will... Gay Mexican slave labor. Yeah, nice. Right, exactly. And now he's threatening to send the guy back.
0: Yeah, um, so Jose says Bebo told him that he loved him and was with him exclusively, but Jose suspected Bebo was lying. The relationship soured, and then Jose Jose believes what Bebo, that Bebo sent his lawyer after him. He says uh, the lawyer demanded the passwords to Bebo's websites and social media accounts. Jose complied, but, that, but said that Bebo and his attorney also wanted Jose to sign a document that would bind him legally to keep silent about the relationship. Uh, that's when Jose started basically lashing out on news websites, Featuring stories about Bebo, mm. he posted this picture of what was alleged to be his um, profile on AdamForAdam.com, which mm. this article says is where website where gay, gay men arrange sexual liaisons. Uh, Jose you know, shared text messages.
1: Uh, it's go not, ahead. Mark. It's not always easy to keep a good relationship with an ex, and um, I, you know I I understand how things should be though bumpy, but you know I mean I. It's always best if you treat the other person as though they're a person, right? I mean, oh you yeah. Know, and I know it can be hard. I mean, sometimes they can. You know, people people are hurt, and oftentimes uh, afterwards, and they can say mean things. And uh, it's not always easy to uh, let these mean things slide. But you know, this sheriff looks like he probably. Messed with the wrong gay illegal immigrant uh, by, you know, treating this guy poorly. I'm,
0: I'm really glad Jose is speaking out and, and making this public because uh, it's so important. I mean, this, this hypocrisy, it's like I I feel extra offended at this story because not offended, but I, I feel really a lot of empathy for Jose. He's mm-hmm. in a really tough position. Oh, yeah. And this guy, Babo, if this if all these allegations are true, then that means, you know, he really doesn't think of. It seems like he really doesn't think of illegal immigrants, especially Mexicans, as people. Like, because well, he's willing to, he... to like use the government to to like try to keep them out of the border and deport them and stuff like that. But it sounds like he he's also he's kind of like, objectifying to them too. If I mean, he's
1: willing to do this to, to an illegal immigrant that he has been in, he was in a years long relationship with that he yeah. gave the power to control his Facebook and uh, campaign websites and things like that, he just doesn't consider people to be people. He's a uh, the kind of person that's uh, you know one of the kind of sociopath out there that is. Uh, so self-serving that once they're done with you, they want to throw you away like a tissue, mm-hmm. and they want you to go away. The kind of uh, yeah, you know, yeah. that that kind of individual. And I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he, he's
0: a sociopath, but he's definitely showing a real lack of concern and regard for. So, others. what do
1: you hang the sociopath? Uh, b- I just think that that this is kind
0: it. of a, a whole other subject. But I just think like there's this popular book, The Sociopath Next Door, and mm-hmm. there's all these things about four percent of the population to twenty-five percent, some people say, are sociopaths and mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't think it's that high and I don't think 20%
1: it seems helps high. Helps oh, lot of people
0: can you hear us? just label others oh, as so pass it, when echoing. they don't
1: like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Labels do have a tendency to uh, dehumanize an individual. Yeah. I can see how that I was using it in that fashion. Mm-hmm. But if you But he's definitely showing that he's not he doesn't care about this uh, guy. Know, that that kind of self-serving him. behavior yeah. is is indicative of that kind of personality as the um the, you know, I mean uh, uh, I don't know what Reaches the level of sociopathy. Actually, I don't even use the term anymore. Um, it's uh, one of those old terms they've thrown away, like uh, melancholy. But <laughs> I don't know. I've I, seen heard I, heard I heard there are lots of books
0: it. that have come it. out recently <laughs> about sociopathy. Like there's, a, I think there's a professor at Harvard who's um, who studies it and has written this book. You know, claiming that there are 25% of the population are sociopaths or
1: well i you know whatever you can write in, just in today whatever I, you can write on pieces of paper i saw an yeah. To yeah. article test, today test, about
0: test, how test, to spot test, a sociopath test. on a first date and it was yes. like it was riddled with these like inaccuracies it seemed like and it just seemed like okay, okay if you, you go out with someone and, saying, and they're yeah. they're kind of not really you know hearing you or not really uh treating you as you'd like to be treated then they're a sociopath and they're dangerous you know and it's yeah. like if you're going to label someone a sociopath Test, 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 test. Oh, I
5: know. Oh, oh, oh. I'm almost still up a little earlier in the
0: back. But... Uh, oh, oh, uh, oh. Wow. Don't have as much concern Test? for their fellow human being as I
1: maybe don't. we would like. But um, I have found that the very best. You don't have concerns. Do Not much, uh, honestly. But I have uh, found. You,
0: do you think you're a sociopath? Let you know I, I think that I may uh, uh,
1: exhibit some me. of these, uh, these terms. But no. I'm speaking to all the other sociopaths no out there. If you <laughs> don't want to be treated like a sociopath, don't act like one. You know, like well, that's the Charles. Thing. You can can if you're a can...
0: sociopath, they don't act like them. They they're very charming and charismatic. Usually, that's what they say.
1: Uh, you know, but at some point or another it comes out because you're going to be self-serving. GCN? The very best yeah. way to be self-serving in can this world is us? to pretend I'm like other air. people's feelings matter. Charles, <laughs> can you well, hear Mark. Mark. And then over time, you, you, know, know. Hey, you know, that's how you operate in Mark, the world. I don't
0: think you're a sociopath and I, I don't even think we you have a lack a of concern call. for other
1: people because <laughs> the
0: way that you've treated me as a, as a partner on this show has showed that you cared and that you do care what I think and you take me into account when you make decisions, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, 855-450-3733-Free Talk Live. What's sociopath mean to you? 855-450-Free. Free Talk Live.
0: Welcome to Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And you might be just joining us for the first time this evening. We had a little technical difficulty, didn't we, Mark?
1: Yeah, there was. uh, You're you're probably hearing what actually was a a refeed show, and you rarely hear that on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live does a live program seven days a week, most holidays. So, you know, I apologize for the first two segments. There, they were recorded uh, content. If you have something you want to comment on that you heard in the first two segments, you're welcome to call in and talk about that. We'll certainly address any issues we've talked about in the past, but. um, um, that it was wasn't the gay us. sheriff
0: refeed. That was quite a good one.
1: <laughs> that wasn't us live. I think is uh, probably what everyone needs to know. So um, anyway, what we, we were gonna, we were going to start and talk about uh, there well, the,
0: where we were for the past week, which was the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's right. Oh, by the way, I should let the audience know that if they'd like to call and get in touch with us tonight, the number is 855-450-3733. That's 855 free Same number as always.
1: Also, if you uh, want to share something on the website at uh, freetalklive.com, you can upload stories or blog posts or videos or anything there. I guess upload isn't the right thing. Link to stories or blog posts or whatever. You can and post people, them. Yeah, post them and people will vote them up, vote them down. And whatever you do verb you like, really. Yeah. It's, it's one of them internet verbs. And just go ahead and have a grand old time posting away there at freetalklive.com. So, All right. The Porcupine Freedom Festival.
0: Yeah. You know, I, what were thought your, what are your
1: it, thoughts afterwards? I mean, it was a pretty rough, rough week. You know, lots of many hours put in.
0: It was, yeah. I mean, a lot of people go to Pork Fest and have a lot of fun. I think the people who already live here in New Hampshire, you know, to some extent, Pork Fest is meant to we're showcase. Hosting. Yeah, we we are hosting exactly. Right. Uh, so,
1: personally, I felt a little overwhelmed. You know, during the whole week, um, you were running the free aid tent where you gave medical attention to. Many people, plus doing radio programs. It, it was plus. mostly
0: other other volunteers at Free Aid, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, our team is growing. We Basically, we provided volunteer first aid for the festival. And, you know, we had Band-Aids and sunscreen and stuff. But when the more serious stuff happened, we had to, you know, call ambulances and things like that. I'd love to get to the point where, you know, maybe we could handle more. But um, when, so, you know, somebody had, like, for instance, an allergic reaction, so we had to get the local ambulance to come. And it came pretty quickly, so everything was fine and the person was okay. Um, but, you know, just a couple of instances like that were, were a little stressful, but so glad that we had people on scene who were willing to help out and, and able to.
1: So how did the uh, local ambulance uh, treat you guys? You know, my experience in being a volunteer firefighter is there's this sort of pecking order um, in people who, uh, you know, provide aid. And I, I would think that you guys would be up from the average c- civilian, but maybe not up to the level of a volunteer firefighter. And there's mine because you weren't wearing uniforms or something.
0: Oh we had an EMT intermediate on the scene who was volunteering with us and mm-hmm. and he was able to give a full report to the um ambulance. Okay. It was great. It was Jacob. Excellent. He's a volunteer for FreeAid and um you know, he was at the same level as them so he could talk to them and and they knew what was going on. They, they looked like a pretty relaxed um you know, maybe a volunteer EMT department as well. Okay. Um and luckily there's a there's a medical center right nearby so we were able to attend to that. Very good. Um so yeah, I mean and of course pork fest is not about medical emergencies it's about having
1: fun but that was your experience
0: well yeah and and you know I thought it was really good this year because they had pork fest security and they were really communicative with um, free aid and with um, the management
1: of the campground and so and everybody calls it pork fest although it's the porcupine freedom Festival I just want to make that clear to everybody
0: mm-hmm. yeah porcupine freedom festival and I had fun. You yeah, know, it was, it was a blast. It was really busy, but but it was oh, it's always fun. You yeah. know, at so, least the beginning of the week, I tried to sort of take a little vacation. You know,
1: but you do less in the beginning of the week.
0: Yeah, there's less. There's just less going on. Yeah, you know, fewer, fewer panels. And I was on like you know three different panels teaching yoga three days, uh, doing little yoga classes, uh, volunteering with Free Aid, and my radio show, Pork Therapy, and also Free Talk Live with you on Sunday. So um, it was a pretty busy week. Yeah, I I had a calendar. I had to manage it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like not a typical vacation, but but it was really fun. And I'm certainly not complaining because I'm really grateful to have the, the opportunity to speak and to interact with all the people there for sure. And it was nice to see some friends who came to visit. Yep. I had I had a, I had a wonderful often.
1: time and uh, you know got to see some people that I hadn't seen in a while and some people I'd never met before. And I, you know, frankly, did a lot of talking about uh, Bitcoins, got very excited. Uh, there was a Bitcoin booth, uh, you know, section there and mm. I really enjoyed it. Everybody was taking them. And, you know, so I you know thought it was great.
0: I was excited about that, too. And I kind of wonder, because last year at Porkfest, just to compare, there were lots of alternative currencies going around. But last year, I remember seeing a lot more silver and copper rounds. This year I saw more Bitcoin stuff mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit less silver. So I don't know if that's indicative of any kind of trend, like uh, Bitcoin maybe replacing silver in some instances. But, yeah, I mean, still both were alive and well. So
1: It's all very interesting.
0: It is all very interesting. And maybe you can make plans to come next year. Did they announce the dates yet?
1: I didn't hear the dates. You uh, but if you, you know, keep an eye at uh, freestateproject.org. Uh, the Free State Project is a, is a project to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state. Um, First, you sign up at freestateproject.org. In in, in order to be added to the list, there are more than 11,000 people who've uh, signed up to move. Once we reach 20,000, then there's a a window of five years in which uh, people move. Obviously, you're not going to send people out to beat you up if you don't make it inside the five years. But, you know, that's the the goal, to make it within five years. Uh, A thousand people, more than a thousand people, have already picked up and moved. Uh, They're early movers, what we call early movers. And... Frankly, you know, it's having a huge effect on New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire's the the vortex of uh, liberty-oriented ideas and media um, from the world, worldwide. Um,
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on. And I like living here. And one of the reasons is because there are friends in Space who I can hang out with and, you know, connect with. And it's really nice because they
1: share a lot of my values. Yeah, and that's for you know for people who are uh, more into the the political scene. The New Hampshire has had a, has about a hundred liberty loving reps in its House of Representatives, what we call this, the state house here. And, you know, basically they have a libertarian veto and are preventing the growth of government. There has been a there was a, a 11 something percent, almost 12 percent cut in the state's budget. Now, that doesn't mean a cut in what the projected budget would have been for this year. This was a cut in the last year's budget. It's 12 percent below the previous year.
0: Well, usually when they talk about cuts, it's like, Oh, it's not going to grow by 10% like it usually right, does. Right, right. That's, that's what
1: usually, when you hear government cuts in any other instance, that's what that means. But this is a real live shrinking of the state government. Now, the sad part is that's only back to 2006. So I think that there's a long way to shrink the, uh, the, you know, the 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 intrusiveness of the New Hampshire government, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that will agree with me, and some people who disagree and howl to the high heavens that uh, you know that the people are being harmed, but you know that's the political process, right?
0: You mean people are being harmed by the political process itself, or what, what do you mean by that? by these cuts? Oh, by the know. cuts, I see.
1: People depend on this money, you know.
0: A lot of them were, you know, cuts to hospitals and stuff like that. They certainly were. Yeah. I don't know why they kind of chose that as the first place to get rid of.
1: Might be the easiest place to cut. It wasn't the first place. There were cuts across the board. Um, but, you know, the ones that get trumpeted are the ones where, you know, thing, hospitals and that sort of thing. They, they don't mention prisons. And Probably true. Kind
0: of um, okay, so... Well, I mean, we're just back from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Of course, we're still kind of landing. We've got our technical issues hopefully worked out. And if you would like to call the show tonight, 855-450-3733 is the number. Mark, we wanted to get a little bit into the news, uh, even though we've been disconnected for this entire week. I had no idea what was going on in the world until you told me some of the stuff that's been happening. Uh, pick your favorite. What did you, you hear that the uh,
1: the Penn State guy got found guilty of the, the child molestation stuff?
0: I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't know too many details on that, but I assume there are a lot of people looking for vengeance of some kind.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a disturbing situation. Um, and, you Very know, it looks disturbing. like he's, looks like he's been showering with boys for years and, uh, you know, I it's mean, interesting you... that you can continue to do this kind of behavior over time, right in a, uh, you know, state college and get away with it.
0: Well, but he had, apparently he had that's what was going on. And he was intimidating. I mean, as most, um, abusers do. Will intimidate the victims and make them think that it's their fault. And if they tell anyone, they're going to get in more trouble and things like that. There's a lot of tactics of sort of manipulation that they use.
1: At his age, basically anything he gets is a uh, is a death sentence.
0: Sure. And yeah, I mean, I what do you think of all all of this? I mean, I personally, I'd like to see some kind of attempt at restitution. I know you can never never ever really make someone whole from something like
1: well, that, but... The man has a great deal of money, and mm-hmm. um, the only way that these uh, th- these kids are going to get any kind of resti- restitution is to first have a criminal conviction, and then perhaps go after, you know, uh, go after him a from the civil-, civil side. Mm-hmm. So... In the current system, yeah. It's hard to feel bad for some guy who, you know, there was like six witnesses, and they all had very similar stories. And why
0: didn't they speak up? Yeah. Uh, It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Give us a call if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts. There's more coming up. Stay tuned to Free Talk Live.
5: Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. This is Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And we're so glad you're joining us. At uh, You can call us at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for the Free Talk Live studio. We are just getting back to the Live Sunday edition of tonight's program. By the way, freetalklive.com is our website where we give away all of our archives for free. It's pretty unusual in the talk radio world to hear a daily show that gives away all of uh, all of the past archives of the program, going back for like five years or maybe more. Right, two thousand six.
1: Yeah, two thousand six. So you know, you do the edition yourself. Depends yeah. on September, so it's almost six years.
0: All right. And Mark, did you have something you wanted to let our audience know Yeah, about? we
1: were talking about bitcoins in the last segment. And uh, bitcoins are, I didn't even mention to tell people what they were necessarily. If you if you haven't heard, they are a basically internet cash. You don't, uh, you know, like cash, you don't need to ask anybody's permission to use it. Uh, you know, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world with bitcoins without paying any fees. You know, that's really what it comes down to with uh, exchanging money on the internet. Is somebody wants to insert themselves in your business, whether it's a government or, uh, you know, some kind of banking organization. Organization. That doesn't happen with bitcoins. They're a currency that's uncontrolled completely by the government. Um, they 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 can't get involved. So you can go to weusecoins.org to find out more about bit, uh, bitcoins. But if you want to get some, you can go to bitinstant.com. There they can uh, you know allow you to exchange your cash for Bitcoins at more than 700,000 locations in the United States, uh, Russia, and Brazil currently. They're bringing the Eurozone on shortly. It's amazing. It's bitinstant.com. This is going to change the world. I mean, Bit, I, I've i yeah.
0: heard they're going to roll out some kind of a Bitcoin debit card pretty soon or a credit credit card like object where yes. you can sort of recharge it and exchange between bitcoins and also, you're be able to pay different you pay currencies yeah you're gonna be yeah. able to pay
1: your mortgage your power bill everything in bitcoins within the next few weeks exciting yeah. things are happening with bitcoins and uh, you know I it's not an exaggeration at all to say bitcoins are truly going to change the world I from you know what I've seen yeah but um in the last segment we were talking about uh, Sandusky and the uh, the sex crime situation going on there and yeah you know it's very interesting. We had a case uh, a couple of weeks ago here on Free Talk Live where we talked about a a man who up in Texas who walked. Uh, uh, the story is that he walked into his house, found another man molesting his daughter. That he had been there apparently his working
0: horse uh, yeah. caretaker or something. Yeah,
1: some kind of horse caretaker, care, uh, farrier or something like that was there, and uh, you know molesting his daughter in some manner. And so he struck the man multiple times and killed him. Now, he expressed remorse and that kind of thing. But, you know, the point I was trying to make there is, is that we don't know what happened. We just have a news story where a guy reported something. You know, there were three people in that room. One of them is yeah. four years old yeah. and doesn't understand reality particularly well. The other one's dead.
0: Oh, they, they understand reality. I mean, but but wasn't able to defend herself. Probably. Right.
1: I don't know that. I,
0: how you, could a four year old defend themselves?
1: How could a four year old understand reality?
0: Well, they're they're on the way there. I mean, they don't have all the they they understand language concepts. Sure, sure. Yeah, my least. son, my son,
1: you know, my son uh, thinks he's Spider Man. I um, mean, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the entirely a uh, grip. But does on, but
0: does he understand that there are some people
1: he doesn't want to touch him? I, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. That counts for something,
1: right? But can he relate that story, or um, you know? I mean, like I don't trust what four-year-olds say, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, they live in a fantasy world. He could just as easily say Superman was trying to fly me to the moon as he would say as somebody was molesting him. I mean, it's just.
0: But they don't. Um, they wouldn't do something like walk off the edge of a cliff and expect to
1: fly, right? Or I don't trust my son around cliffs either. Okay, no. but
0: most of the time, like if he's walking on the couch or table or something. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but. I think there there are
1: some basic things that they. I wouldn't much understand. trust a four year old's testimony if I was in court for anything. Nothing. Well, that's not one thing. They don't testify
0: in court. Well, that's the, what
1: matters here. They killed a man. Like one dude executed another dude, and all that matters is what the truth was as to what occurred in that room. And
0: yeah, and we can never really we know can't know the truth because there.
1: one person was four. One person's dead and one person's telling the story. And so that's the point that I'm trying to make here. Mm -hmm. Um, The the four-year-olds can't give you accurate information about what's going on.
0: What's the furthest back you remember? Do you think you remember anything? I absolutely
1: remember something at four. Mm -hmm. But whether I can remember something doesn't mean... Do you
0: think you might remember something really scary and
1: traumatic, like being molested Sure. But I could just as easily be told some story that I would should, you know, and, so, reiterate. Yeah, and
0: sometimes that happens.
1: Sure. Yeah. I just I you know, I wouldn't trust a four year old's testimony for anything. There was the the case back in Florida where the and I can't remember what the name of it was, where this uh, these kids at this, uh, you know, d- daycare center all reported that they were being molested. They sent plenty of these people from the daycare center to prison. And then the stories kept on getting more fantastic. They were talking about being uh, you know molested in the basement. It's Florida. We don't have basements was in Florida. There no basement. Right. There, there can't be basements in Florida. We call those indoor swimming pools. I mean, it's not possible to have a basement in um, in this area, South Florida. So you know, they're just telling these impossible stories because they were being their heads were being full, filled full of stories.
0: So there. So in this specific case, there was no evidence, really, except what the people, except what the one guy said, who remains alive and is an adult.
1: What kind of evidence will there be?
0: Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Maybe um, on the child. Like, did did the child get a rape kit Oops. or taken to the emergency room or something? It was just like that?
1: molestation. It wasn't. Uh, you know, we're not talking about sexual battery here. Um, you know. Uh, no-
0: okay. Well, I, I guess it would, without getting too graphic. I guess it would depend on sure, what happened, they can, but they maybe bruises or like but- evidence of a struggle or something like that. The
1: doctors said that there was. You know, that that they they could neither confirm nor deny the story.
0: Okay. So we're in a tough situation because what we what are we to make of it, right?
1: Right. And so um you know, you've got one on one hand, you have the Sandusky case where I don't know about you, but I feel like this guy did that. Now, I'm not I wasn't there, but you've got six six oh, witnesses multiple, yeah, that are multiple you know, victims young too. men telling very similar stories and they're compelling stories. and it apparently happened repeatedly, right they, over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the other circumstance, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, one guy says one thing and the other guy's dead. So you've got these weird situations. And here in the United States, the way we feel about sex crimes, you know, if you talk to people, one of the first words out of their mouth is, I think people convic- uh, you know, convicted of sexual battery should be killed, executed. Oh, like, yeah.
0: I've heard that many this, times.
1: This is one of the first things people will say. Um, and there's an interesting story that came out uh from the timesdispatch.com in Virginia it looks like uh, DNA apparently supports the innocence of 33 convicted sex crime uh, sex crime uh, offenders here mm. uh, this study concludes uh, assaults from 1973 to 1987 there are 33 of them in there wow. now and the so, point it, I'd like to make is mm-hmm. that people were just as convinced at that point as they are today about the guilt of these people. Yeah. And that one has to be really careful when I, because I kind of feel like people consider a person who's accused to be guilty until proven innocent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've and they
0: I've, definitely want someone to blame. You know, they, yeah, they'll bring in. If there's no one to be found they'll they 'll find someone
1: you right. generally the, you know and especially in a court case they want you know, a jury wants someone to blame, and if, if there's no one to blame, then oftentimes it's the the accused and Consider this for a second in when you consider the amount of arrests in the United States, all the arrests in the United States fewer than one percent of them make it to trial, so you would think like just through extrapolation that the uh, high percentage of the people taking their cases to trial, since fewer than 1% of cases, significantly fewer, by the way, of 1% of the cases make it to trial, mm-hmm. you would think that the people willing to take it all the way to trial are likely, likely innocent. to be innocent. Yeah. So what is the percentage that one would assume then of people found guilty of felonies taken to trial in the United States, you would assume that it would at least be less than half because, well, there'd be a lot of innocent people taking their cases to trial.
0: But in fact, if it makes it to trial, they're more likely to be Two-thirds are found
1: guilty. Uh, You know, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't believe that um, only one, uh, you know, a quarter of one percent of the people that are accused in this country are guilty. I just don't believe that. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. The statistics are all wrong. You really, you think our criminal justice system is 99.75 percent flawless? And oh no! Then-
0: and if you look at the number of, it, you know, just people have been exonerated, it's not. You know, no. it, um, it, actually, it proves the- that there can be human error in that process, especially when you start introducing things like um, the unreliability of eyewitnesses. People think they saw things that they didn't. I mean, you were talking about four-year-olds before Eyewitnesses are terrible Mark, witnesses, yeah. but even adults are <laughs> misremember things. Sure, they get confused. That's why
1: I like the idea of the Sandusky case. There's six, yeah, um, you know, people there.
0: And especially, I mean, re- we can talk about racial bias. Like people are even worse at recognizing faces that don't look like theirs. It's true, and they're biased against people with darker skin. Often, um, so and there have been studies that have shown this. Absolutely, so all of this creates a system where probably there are lots of innocent people who are being found guilty, About or at least to f- enough to, to make you scratch your head. I mean, even one, I think, is too many.
1: 10 to 15% of uh, you know, people in prison are like, full-fledged, Innocent. Yeah, that's um, there's astounding. A there's lot, a lot of people in there that aren't guilty of necessarily the thing that they're charged with, but they are guilty of something else, and that gets into a really murky gray area. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, to, to me, 10 or 15 percent is an unacceptable number, especially when you're talking about executions, and so many people want to execute murderers and uh, you know, sex, sex crimes when mm-hmm. you're talking about these things. And,
0: you know, people make mistakes. Yeah, I think we have to rethink this very seriously. Eight five five four fifty free is the number for Free Talk Live. More coming up with your calls in a moment. It's Free Talk Live.
5: Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes with C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at C-Crane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com we yeah. yeah.
0: Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. Free Talk Live is, of course, live every single night of the week, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm your host, Stephanie.
1: And I'm the other host, Mark.
0: (laughs) And I want to remind you about listen.freetalklive.com. That's the place where you can find all the different ways to listen to the show, including the live streams, uh, radio affiliates, satellite, webcam, and listen lines and, Mark, we have a phone call to start off this hour with. It
1: is Free Talk Live, after all.
0: It is, and you can call us, of course, at 855-450-FREE if you want to bring up anything that's on your mind. Let's go now to Frank, listening in New York. Frank, are you with us?
6: Hello? Frank,
0: Frank? you're on the air with Free Talk Live. how are
6: you doing tonight? All's well. Good, hello?
0: Frank, Uh, can you hear us? We can hear you. No, I can't. Could you
6: speak a bit louder, please?
0: Uh, well, we can't really do that. Is we'll there? have the board up, turn up the uh, the, the game
1: there. Okay, mm-hmm.
6: thanks a lot. Good. Yeah, I wanted to, I think the case you're talking about, is, the, is it the McMartin Day School?
1: Yeah, that was the Florida? one from ba- way back, I think it was the late 80s, maybe. Yeah, late 80s. Yeah,
6: that was, there were books written about that like a witch hunt after the people were sort of acquitted after spending many years in jail. And I think there were some movies made about that.
1: Janet Reno fame there, right?
6: Correct. Also, Janet Reno was responsible for the Waco massacre. She oh, yeah. was the uh, attorney general at the time, and Bill Clinton was the president, and they should have been impeached and brought uh, to trial for violating the civil rights of the Branch Davidians, and that should have been the impeachment, certainly not Monica Lewinsky's act of fellatio on the president in the White House.
0: It's
1: alleged but fellatio, Frank. Te- technically, it was from... that. It depends enough on what about, is,
0: is, right?
6: <laughs> enough said about that. Uh... What I'm, you know, interested in right now and very concerned about is the current status with the uh, Russians, the Chinese, the Syrians, the United States, and NATO.
0: We actually had that on our show prep tonight, Frank. Mark had something about
6: that. I just got in a little
1: while ago.
0: We haven't talked about it yet. We just had it on the docket. I've got it sitting
1: over here. Apparently, Syria decided it would be a good idea to shoot down a Turkish F4.
0: Yes, and it looks as if that
6: was sort of like staged from what some of the – European press is saying but not having witnessed it, one really doesn't know what I'm concerned about at the moment is the fact that it's been proven that the CIA is funding the Syrian rebels and uh, uh the massacres that the Syrian rebels have performed on you know loyalists to the government uh is just tragic it, it it's a, a tremendous tragedy yeah both and it looks sides if we're going to be embroiled in, you know, another Middle Eastern misadventure.
1: Yeah, this really looks like uh, 19, uh, you know, 19, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know, when the Balkans uh, had the problems with the uh, Archduke Ferdinand and, you know, a Serbian shot him. I mean, it really has that little country-draws-in-the-world feel.
6: Exactly. And what's interesting, at that time, all of the, the great alliances had security arrangements with different countries and principalities. Many of them were secret. And what's interesting the security arrangement that Russia and China have with Iran is not secret. They have, over the last six years, have told the United States, uh, both administrations, that an attack on Iran is considered to be an attack on China and Russia. And our media really doesn't seem to cover it. Certainly, the European press and the Asian press have covered it profoundly. But You know, we're. You know,
0: that's funny. It's it's usually the case. I remember seeing. Um, I think it was Time Magazine, and there was a direct comparison of four different covers from different parts of the world. Like one was in Europe, one was in the U.S., one was you know somewhere else, Middle East, and. There were three different covers. They were all the same, talking about, um, you know, some important issue of world politics and news. And the U.S. one was something like, uh, what's dumb. making us fat or something. You know, like yeah.
6: Oh, exactly. I mean, people have been, you know, the media, the corporate media that tends to control the minds of the mass audience uh, really, you know, has the key issue sort of, uh, the gatekeepers have, you know, kept the real issues from appearing. But, you know, with the, the interactive media technologies and the Internet, it's possible to read, you know, 20 world newspapers, uh, you know, in a two-hour period. Sure. Yeah, so
0: and that's really empowering. That really happening. Yeah, but was, can I say
6: one thing, though? Sure. Since we raised that issue that, again, my concern for the uh, Iran and for uh, Syria. But what I'm concerned about, too, is the fact that with the, Na- with the National Defense Authorization Act of December 2011 that Obama signed into law uh, over the Christmas uh, Hanukkah holidays, Uh, The fact that when you were discussing the testimony of the four-year-olds and the people, at least there's habeas corpus whereby they're informed of their charges. Right now, with the uh, current status of the United States and the provisions uh, that authorize uh, the the, uh, repeal of habeas corpus, uh, you can be detained, shot, uh, kidnapped, put in a foreign jail without even being – Told the charges and without uh legal counsel or anything and this really worries yeah. me because you see what happens when uh, you know when the civil rights and the Bill of rights existed in some of these cases, and the tremendous miscarriages of justice that have occurred uh, and you look at the number of people on death row that are innocent that you know uh, the evidence was sloppy or the uh, malfeasance on the part of the prosecutors the uh, district attorneys whatever and that's with you know the constitutional protections Now with those gone it's going to be a nightmare it's going to be worse so, than frank Mark kafka's nightmare
0: frank what what yeah. do we do about it or what do you suggest we do about it are you just I trying I would to- say
6: right now there's enough evidence in the historical record the mass media record the actual legislation that that violates the bill of rights that the senate and the congress have signed on to and agreed to and it's time to bring treason charges and actually impeach you think the that's going to happen
0: then, you think the government's going to prosecute it's itself? the only
6: way to save this republic and to preserve the constitution haven't people
0: without been without haven't people without been without trying to, to get that to, i'm sorry ha, haven't people been trying to get you know the government to prosecute george bush dick cheney for the you know sort of false right, pretenses the of the iraq be, war
6: yeah but the, the members in Congress and the Senate have their own agenda whereby they use the uh, uh, discipline of the party not to allow that to go into the committee Absolutely. Uh, if something comes up, they table it they do so why would they, so why would they allow it no, to go me through me, in no,
0: this me. case The point is the point
6: is they are complicit in it they're not going to they've all agreed to this they've all agreed to these unconstitutional criminal actions especially the international law violating the territorial sovereignty of nations uh interfering i mean they violate everyone's uh human rights and uh, charter of freedom that every citizen of the world in the UN has so the point is they are guilty they're going to be the ones that would be brought to treason and i think there, there's so much public support to actually execute them for their acts of treason that they're not going to allow an investigation. They're going to do everything in their power to preserve their own power and their corruption and their financial resources, the ill-gotten gain. They're really criminals. But the point is, the historical record is there.
0: Who okay, Frank. So you're you're guilt. kind and, of. I'd like I'd like to sort of you know bring it around my to my view
6: is this: when the United States can't handle its own. Uh, legality regarding the Constitution and international law has been violated, I say send Bush and his war cabinet to the Hague for war crime trials as international so you want
0: Okay, so you want the Hague to prosecute the U.S.
6: Because our own Congress into the Senate are not doing that. They're allowing. They are now complicit in that. They are accessories to the felony. In fact, their actions could be perceived as an obstruction of justice.
0: So, and Frank, that is Frank,
6: a felony in itself.
0: Frank, it, it seems like this is a really daunting task. I mean, I know I realize you're calling this radio program. It has a large audience and stuff like that. Yes. But is there anything that you're doing, sort of, in your own life to to sort of?
6: Absolutely. I always pro- protest the wars. I go uh-huh. to political events, I articulate my points of view, but the point is this. It's going to have to be uh, it, it, basically the special interests and the foreign lobbies regarding foreign policy control the Senate, and they control the House of Representatives. And there behold the, the elected officials are beholding to those special interests. The What's sad about it is the fact that they're all corrupt and they accept the corruption, and they're not going to—they're not going to, not going to uh, put themselves in jeopardy. They're I think that this
1: really, face- really, um, you know, illustrates how little power any of us has over you these people the head. that would be our kings.
0: Thanks for the call, Thanks. Frank. There's more coming up on Free Talk Live. Call with your thoughts: eight five five four fifty free. Yourself by trading with value. Visit don'ttreadonmeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don'ttreadonmeme.com. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And we'd love to hear from you at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. You can call us and talk about whatever's on your mind tonight. We'd love to hear from our listeners. By the way, also want to let you know that if you want to keep up with the latest news about Free Talk Live, anytime there's something uh, interesting and fun happening with the show, you can get emailed. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com.
1: I think the best way to do it is to sign up for the email updates. Um, You'll find out the the news and frankly that's how i find out a lot about news free talk life <laughs>
0: you get the memo just like the rest I just, I do. at the same time <laughs>
1: so, that's how it goes um there's a legendary piece of uh, equipment in the radio world it's called the cc radio 2 i got one recently and it is an amazing uh, radio it's it's known for having the best am reception because well the tuner is built uh, to be large and it has this uh, special antenna it's a twin coil ferrite AM antenna. And now it's got a great FM receiver, no doubt and it's a, it's, it's a fine piece of equipment, but it really allows you to get those AM talk stations that you're on the edge of their broadcast range and get them in, you know, just as as well as you possibly can. You can get one um, like I have by going to ccrane.com. That's ccrane.com or calling them at 800-522-8863. 800-522-8863. Ccrane.com. When you mention Free Talk Live, when you're checking out, you'll get a free flashlight. Everybody needs a free flashlight. This a nice LED deal. And uh, it's pretty cool. Ccrane.com, 800 522 8863.
0: All right, Mark. Thanks for that. We were going to talk a little bit more about this situation with Syria um, shooting down a Turkish fighter jet. And Frank had called in in the last segment. This kind of came up, but we wanted to get some more detail on that. So what do you got?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you, you know, I, I, I can't say Frank's wrong on any of this stuff. This is really scary things that are going on right now. Um, the Libyan situation seemed bad, but uh, you know what happened with Libya was basically the Western powers told Russia, hey, we're going to go in, we're going to fly some airplanes over, and we're going to make sure some people don't get killed or whatever, and everything will be fine. What they did was they backed up a revolution and had Qadda- Qaddafi disp- deposed and killed. Yeah. Um, isn't that right? He died, right? They, they killed him and drug his body through the streets or something. Oh,
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: And so, you know, Russia's feeling a little burned there. Like, hey, we were getting oil from those people and, you know, you screwed it up for us. So you know they're you know once bitten twice shy now with syria you know i think it's a lot less likely they're going to go in there and let lives be saved because well you know what's going to happen they're going to want to uh, depose assad or whatever um what's happened here in uh, from bbc.co.uk is uh, syrian <laughs> these military these
0: are always from uh- Foreign news sources. Mm-hmm. The U.S. news never covers this stuff.
1: The Syrian military has said it shot down a Turkish warplane flying in airspace over Syrian waters. A spokesman said the plane, an F-4 Phantom. I wonder where they got that from. Gee, I wonder,
0: Lockheed <laughs> that, Martin. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is basically a uh, you know uh, Vietnam uh, era jet um, that uh, you know they're they're selling all over. So it's um, it's it says that they it was dealt with according to the laws that govern such situations. The state Syrian news agency Sana said, the Turkish prime minister said his country would take the necessary steps once all the facts were known, um, and they are claiming that they have uh, lost the jet. Um, so, the Turkish and Syrian navies are meanwhile engaged in a joint search for the two missing crew members. The F 4 Phantom disappeared over the Mediterranean, southwest of uh, Turkey's Haita province, uh, near the Syrian coast. The Turkish military said it lost radio contact with the F 4 at, uh, it looks like, um, noon uh, GMT. So, you know, do, s- your, do your math. That's five hours ahead of uh, Eastern Time.
0: So you said that you agree with Frank that this is a very dire situation, and you. So do you feel like as distressed as he seemed
1: to feel about it? I don't think there's anything I can do. Um, you know, when I kind it, of feel that way when too. When it comes down to it, as far as I'm concerned, there are these organizations in the world that call themselves states, governments, or whatever. You know, the, you know doers of the people's will, whatever it is. These uh, big fat lies that they tell. When what they do is they do things for their own advantage. You know, yeah, I think that the things that are going on in Syria against, uh, you know, Assad against his people and frankly, vice versa, too. There have been, you know, the rebels have done some some horrifying stuff to, to loyalists, too, are bad, bad things. But, you know, there are bad things going on in Iraq. Before the United States went in, and then when the United States went in, it was responsible for more than one hundred thousand deaths, yeah, non-military it didn't deaths. It make the
0: situation better for right. those people who were living there.
1: And that's not me making up a number. That's the United States State Department's memos leaked through WikiLeaks.
0: Yeah, which would have every incentive to be a very conservative number, actually, Absol- because right. it's the uh, U.S. government's uh, own number.
1: Absolutely. So you know, some some people say a quarter of a million. I'm I'm just going to go with the 100,000 plus. I don't want to see another 100,000 people killed in Syria so that we because we're supposed to be saving some some, you know, thousands of people that are being killed. Yeah, no. I get that there's a civil war going on in Syria. But would the United States have been better if Great Britain would have gotten in on the side of the Confederacy during the Civil War. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, likely no. And by the way, the Great the, the, the Great Britain probably, if it hadn't have been for the slave issue, probably would have gotten in um, on the Confederacy side of the in the Civil War. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where it's none of your business. You shouldn't be involved. If you want to help people. Make immigration to this country easier.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, or
1: any country easier, frankly. Place to go, I think uh, Turkey took on—I think it was hundred thousand people, and that's all they felt they could take. And I understand that's a lot of people, but it, it's very difficult to immigrate to this country from other countries. They, you know, the immigration laws are archaic, dif- difficult to uh, Byzantine at best.
0: There are ships of Jews from Germany that were turned back during World War II. It's a really great example. Yeah. Right?
1: Like, you know, the United States, people will often um, say that uh, we needed to fight World War II to save the Jews when what they don't say is in 1939, the United States turned back a ship full of Jews without any care as to what was going to happen to them. They yeah. knew what Hitler was about. He, they knew he wanted to send the Jews to Madagascar at that point. They didn't care about that. They cared Did about he? their immigration policy. I thought that
0: was the Bigot. I didn't know where, I thought he just no, wanted to the exterminate them. Uh, they, so, uh, really,
1: the Nazis didn't start exterminating Jews until they didn't feel that they had anything else they could do with them. They just wanted to get them out of the country. So, um, you know, it was a very difficult uh, situation. I
0: I think that's the solution because borders keep people in. You know, they're they're sold as a way to keep people out, keep the undesirables out or whatever, but they they keep people in. And they, they keep people out of other places that they could be going to save themselves from. A, a, a place where they don't want to be living.
1: And I've heard the arguments well, you know, borders have been around for millennia in order to, you know, establish nations. If nations don't have borders, blah, 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 you know, you'll see the, you know, decaying whatever. Well, really, can somebody tell me for, prior to a hundred years ago where this magical nation that used borders to keep out, you know, immigrants out? I mean, very, very, very rarely did nations, did you see nations use borders to keep out immigrants? Soldiers, certainly. There's the situation with the Ostrogoths and the Vis- Visigoths coming into Rome, being pushed th- pushed by the Mongols, no doubt. But there you're talking about entire nations of people moving. You're not talking about, you know, drips and drabs yeah. of tens of thousands or Trickling whatever people and- coming. Um, you know, so, no, I don't think that ever have, um, you know, uh, until very recently in modern times have borders been used to keep people immigrants, unarmed, ununiformed people out of nations.
0: And it doesn't make sense because they actually benefit everybody. Uh, That situation benefits everybody. When someone can freely choose to live where they want to live, regardless of whatever borders they may be and where their current location is, um, everyone's better off. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is the number. Stay tuned. There's more coming up on Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition with, with uh, myself, Stephanie and Mark. And we're so glad to have you with us tonight. 855-450-FREE is our number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. 855-450-3733. Want to remind you if you're listening or if you're on a mobile phone, you can always go to m.freetalklive.com to find out all the ways you can access Free Talk Live right at your fingertips from your phone.
1: And if you're looking for camping, hunting or shooting gear, the place to go is manventureoutpost.com. They've got uh, all the name brands of all the items that you're going to need whether you're into, you know, survival or hunting or, you know, whatever outdoors enthusiast you are. You can get the best prices at manventureoutpost.com. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They're family-owned and uh, you know, they've got a better business bureau rating that's great. You can go at uh, Check that out. Um, also, see the, uh, you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Coupon code FTL.
0: Okay, sounds great. So, are we still talking about World War Three, or do you want to talk about the nude motorcyclist?
1: I think we can go with the nude motorcyclist. Now that you promote that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, this is from a blog called inaked.tumblr.com. I like the uh, I like the name, kind of a little play on iRobot. The headline is "Nude Pillion Passenger Allowed to Ride On After She Gets No Helmet Ticket." So basically, this lady was riding a motorcycle completely nude. She got pulled over and ticketed, or I guess stopped. Uh, maybe she, I don't know. We'll see if, whether she got a ticket. But the reason was because she wasn't wearing a helmet in the United States. Uh I don't think so. It was Romania. Yeah, so I didn't they're think a little so more tolerant to that over there. Let me read you a little more detail. A woman riding on the back of a motorcycle, stark naked, was pulled over by police because she wasn't wearing a helmet. The Pillion passenger's dangerous curves—no, oh gosh, no doubt dis- proved distracting for other drivers on the road. But cops clearly didn't want to see her cover up. After pulling the motorbike over in Romania, officers let the modern-day Lady Godiva off with just a warning and a ticket for not donning a helmet. So I don't know how it works in Romania, but they gave her quote just a warning and a ticket. So usually it's one or the other here, but
1: maybe it's the warning. You know, you get usually it's a written like maybe they're saying it's a written warning as opposed to the verbal warning.
0: Oh, but they but why would they give her a warning if they also gave her a ticket?
1: I'm saying that the ticket might be the ticket might refer to a piece of paper as opposed to a oh, fine. And I see what you're saying. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's what it sort of sounds like
0: fest. I'm a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> no, no
1: problem. Um, so you know, I don't know. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised that here in the United States, if there isn't any law against wearing proper protective gear on a motorcycle. Well, that's one of the things the that
0: came to mind. This seems really dangerous. I mean, most people who ride motorcycles are wearing. Leather jackets, a lot of leather actually. And it's, I mean, it's not just because it looks cool. It's to protect themselves because they often wear it, you know, even when it's really hot out. Because if you fall off a motorcycle, especially at speeds, you know, you're going to get significant abrasions over parts of your body. Lose a lot of skin that way. I mean, if you fall off a motorcycle,
1: you're. Gonna I'm not hurt a fan. Anyway, frankly, I'm just not a fan of motorcycles. I, you know, I find them to be very dangerous pieces of equipment. This comes from a guy who had a KZ 1000 when I was uh, 19 years old. Maybe that's why I think they're dangerous because I used to drive one when I was eight. Excuse me, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I wasn't very safe at the time. But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, leather's better, but it doesn't stop you from breaking bones.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it, she figured if she was going to take a, you know, if she was going to take a risk of riding on a motorcycle, she might as well go all out, feel the the wind on her skin. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what would motivate someone to ride a motorcycle nude, but do attention, you, maybe yeah, that could be it. Um, but I mean, what do you think about these helmet laws? I know New Hampshire doesn't have a helmet law. I think it's probably a prudent. Smart thing to do to wear a helmet when you're riding a motorcycle. It's but your head; you should should it... decide
1: to what, be, what you know, what happens to it. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to put your head into a machine press and have it smushed, that's what you can do. Um, it's your head. I wouldn't support
0: that, but I wouldn't prohibit someone
1: from doing that. Oh, with I, the, I, the reason I don't support it is somebody else has to clean up the mess. But you know, I mean, it, when it comes, you don't to... you think
0: there might be something wrong with a person they might need some help if they wanted to crush their head in a vice i don't they're basically they're, suicidal
1: if they're it, are you are you calling motorcyclists suicidal
0: well no but somebody who wants to like <laughs> okay well <laughs> to wants to crush their head
1: we know that motorcyclists uh, you know die in accidents at a far higher rate than people in cars right Yes, they do. Okay, so I suppose you could say the same thing about motorcyclists.
0: Okay. Well, okay, if it was your friend, and your friend was riding a motorcycle around with no helmet, would you talk to your friend about it? I,
1: you know, I mean, I think helmets are a better idea than riding without them. Uh, You know, I've certainly seen incidences. I have had a friend who, you know, he was wearing a helmet, and his passenger wasn't. He's alive. She's not. And, you know, it's one of those circumstances. I believe in wearing helmets. I would wear a helmet. Um, The only reason I would ride a motorcycle is because they tend to use less gasoline, but... Yeah, but uh, what, what, what I'm not—I'm not scared of the motorcyclists on the road. I'm scared of what the cars do to the motorcyclists on the road. Yeah. Also, they don't stay up as well. Sometimes you just fall over, and you know, hit—you hit a patch of gravel or whatever, and the, the whole thing goes over.
0: Right. Have you ever asked someone to wear a seatbelt when they were in your car and they didn't put one on?
1: I you know, I haven't. I don't. Sometimes I've told people to wear uh, seatbelts, but oh, you're you know, not asking. You're if telling. They, if they didn't, uh, you know, if they didn't comply, i probably wouldn't kick them out. Um, you know, my, my rule on se- seatbelts is not nearly as firm as my rule on smoking in the car mm-hmm. because you know, if you fly through the window, I've got insurance for my for a new window.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty callous to me. <laughs> It's their body. (laughs) Yeah, but don't you care if your friend flies through the window? I
1: I can't make them live. The the next car they get in and choose not to put a seatbelt on, I'm not going to be the one driving it.
0: Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, if that was someone I cared about, I would talk to them. But anyway, what about riding a motorcycle nude? I mean, do you think that this is like... This is something I've
5: ever run into. Well,
0: I wonder if this is a commonplace thing in Romania. Is it just sort of like the you know prudism of America that we would think this is interesting enough to talk about on the radio?
1: No, I think that uh, nude women on motorcycles is probably news anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you know, people like people. It, it's uncommon, and people like nude folks. If uh, you know, that's just that <laughs> people nude, like nude. nude fo- I guess nudity, I guess nudity is interesting.
0: Is. What do you think if it was a nude man? Who was writing a new? Is there a gender double standard? Oh, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think do. the
1: only guy that ever got a pass um, as far as this was the naked guy in uh, Berkeley. And I think he got a pass because it was Berkeley. Do you remember this guy?
0: No, what was he doing?
1: Skateboarding? Uh, no, no, he was a college student and at you know Berkeley and he would just not wear clothes and oh. you know he was in reasonably good shape and so maybe that's the reason he got the pass I don't know but generally um, you know a woman on a motorcycle is interesting um, A well, woman I wonder- naked on a motorcycle is interesting a man naked on a mo- motorcycle is a sex criminal. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do see a double standard there. I agree with you, but you know, she was called a distraction in this article. Oh, yeah, it and be distracting, sure. I don't know if a man would be called a distraction. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, well, when you uh, in, indeed, I think you'd be probably probably just as distracting. But you know, think about uh, how many how many accidents have been caused by attractive women walking down the road doing nothing other than being who they are, yeah. doing nothing. It's not
0: as though that's their fault.
1: It's not like it's their fault, but they're you know, I mean, should. Are they a distraction? Yeah, I can say they're a distraction. I've been distracted. It's not her fault though; it's mine for not paying attention to the road.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, you are responsible whether it's you know changing the radio station or or what. You're responsible for your own safety when you're driving, right?
1: And indeed, yeah. So, that's,
0: so I don't know. There's not much more on this. I just want to know if anybody out there has ridden a motorcycle nude, or if they want to tell us a story about maybe some. Uh, some interesting things they've seen on the road. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. Or you have an a opinion about helmet laws. Tell What's your story?
1: When I was, uh, this must have been early 80s or something like that. I think we went, took a, my dad and I took a trip up to Indiana and in the van. And, you know, I was a young Maybe ten or something like that, and uh, there was a you know a guy on a bike and with a passenger with a you know his passenger was topless and she was uh, showing off her toplessness mm-hmm. to uh, anybody who would look on the road and yeah it was interesting and uh, something that caught one's attention and certainly a distraction on the interstate seventy five but. You know, I got to see that at 10 years old. And I don't think it really warped me or anything like that. So I don't think that nudity is that big of a deal. But because it happens so rarely.
0: Everybody has those parts. Yeah. I mean, they're just <laughs> in a lot of cultures, they're covered up by clothes, right? Indeed. Yep. Eight five five four fifty free Tell us your nudist stories. It's Free Talk Live. We'd love to hear from you. And there's more coming up. We're going to talk about... What are we going to talk
1: about, Mark? I've got uh, an interesting sort of moral situation with a British parachutist who uh, apparently fell to his death.
0: I would love to hear more about that. 855-453. It's Free Talk Live, and we've got more on the way. Stay tuned.
7: In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press
0: Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark, we'd love to hear from you at 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Nobody's called in with their nude motorcycle stories, Mark. I'm kind of disappointed.
1: <laughs> Somehow I knew that was going to be the case.
0: <laughs> I thought for sure somebody would have one. You had uh, you had started telling a story about the about your uh well,
1: well, that was the whole story. Okay, I there mean, you know, go. What if, <laughs> I was 10 years old. I saw a woman topless on a motorcycle. There you go. That's my story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet people have uh, similar experiences. I've seen some interesting things on the road myself, especially when you're riding up high in a vehicle. You can kind of look down into people's cars. Not that I take advantage of that too often. I, I don't want to sound like a creep. But who doesn't? <laughs> I bet uh, most people would... Uh, yeah, you know, take a peek if they were looking uh, they were in a high vehicle
1: and they could well that just goes to show when you're in a low vehicle either wear pants or know what's going to happen one of the two
0: mm, indeed so let's get into the story that you had waiting so patiently
1: yeah this is from the telegraph and It's kind of two stories in one. It's one story on sort of the incompetence of government and the another about, um, you know, uh, your actions having consequences for for other people. This is a British parachutist Jake Simkins pleaded for fire crews to throw him a rope before falling to his death. And this is by uh, Gordon Raynor and Holly Goodall. Mr. Simkins spent three hours trapped on a ledge speaking to his girlfriend on his mobile phone and tourists on the beach below wow. before the rocks holding him gave way. <gasps> Emergency workers have been criticized for failing to save Mr. Simkins as they had no ropes or climbing equipment when they arrived at the scene in the island of Zante um known as Zakynthos um this is a Greek island. A Greek worker who was uh, with Mr. Simkins' girlfriend um and Anita said he was speaking to her constantly and letting her know he was okay. He was calm. Jake asked for the emergency services to throw him a rope so he could climb down. Surely three hours was enough time for Fiverr's service to find a rope and get it to him. After he jumped from the top of a 900-foot cliff on Navajo Beach in the northwest of the island, a gust of wind blew him into the rock face where he was left hanging for three hours. I asked the local chief to call for the specialist backup, but he wouldn't listen. Even though three hours had passed, he was hanging us. Uh, he was hanging seventy meters above the rocks. They didn't even get a rope down to him. How is that possible?
0: So he had a parachute on, but he was stranded on this rock face. I think.
1: Well, at that point, it had you know he'd let it go because it was it pulled him into the rocks.
0: Oh, okay. I I don't quite understand.
1: Oh well. <laughs> you, <laughs> He didn't jump out of an airplane. He jumped off a rock. He's a base jumper. Oh, so this is a highly okay. dangerous job. Right. Gotcha. So, I mean, some of this is it's well, you know, when you do dangerous things, bad things are going to happen. That's why we call them dangerous. Yeah, you accept um,
0: some degree of risk. But certainly. but still, it seems like, yeah, three, three hours. hours is a reasonable amount of time for somebody to find a rope. Is there no rope on the whole island?
1: Um I'm sure there was rope, apparently, the uh, fire chief didn't think it was necessary to call for rock climbing specialists or something. I don't know,
0: and but, were these services the firefighters or the e m s were they provided by the government? Or? Of course they were okay I mean yeah, you know. they are i mean this is kind of like uh something that we talk about at at free aid a lot is the idea that you know if somebody has a cardiac arrest. Um, they have precious little time, you know, like every minute that goes by their chance of surviving from that goes down by about 10%. So that means if you wait 10 minutes without doing any kind of CPR or using a defibrillator on them, then they're probably going to die and they're very unlikely to be um, revived after that. Right. So CPR is kind of meant to keep their heart beating for them until somebody can arrive with a, with a defibrillator and shock them into you know, a normal heart rhythm again, if that's possible. Um, but you really can't rely on calling an ambulance because sometimes it can just take them too long to get there and the person is, you know, on their way out by the time they arrive. So it's really important to be able to help each other out. So that's kind of one one of the things that we try to educate people about. Sort of um, empowering them to help their neighbors instead of always relying on on people in the government.
1: Well, and in in this circumstance, you know, it's not just relying on people in government, but should the taxpayers of Greece or Zamokokos or whatever the name of this place is, um, be responsible for saving a guy who jumps off the top of, uh, you know, mountains that he shouldn't be jumping off of, right? Well, um it's kind of a slippery slope because should they be responsible for
0: somebody who smokes for 40 years and needs a lung transplant? As far should as they I, be concern, uh, responsible for somebody who drinks their whole life and needs a liver transplant or whatever?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, these uh, these services should all be provided in the marketplace and... You know, obviously there'll be people in these services that want to help people in the same way that firefighters and EMS workers want to help people. Now, you'll have uh, you know something that's less ponderous and less bureaucratic than the government administering these uh, these situations. I mean, uh, for instance, out uh, you know, there's tow services out when you're out on a boat. Now, this is an emergency situation. You're out on a boat. Your boat dies. Well, you call one of these tow services. Is it cheap? No, it's not cheap. No. <laughs> but you know, you went out in the water, your boat broke, and you need to pay in order to get it come to, to get it back. Why in the world shouldn't the t- if the pa- taxpayers of um, you know X city or, or municipality or county or whatever are responsible for you if your boat tips over mm-hmm. to save you? Then why aren't they responsible for you when your boat breaks down just to come out and get you and drag you back? I'm okay. sure in some places they are, where the tow services you know can't make as much money. I'm from the Gulf Coast to Florida where, you know, there's some Yankee going out there whose boat's breaking down every hour so they can make plenty of money. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is a, should have been an, a private situation where, you know, taxpayers aren't responsible for people who want to jump off the top of mountains. Uh, I mean, doesn't that sound suicidal to you? And it sounds like thrill seeking, I guess. I mean, I
0: I think that there are always going to be people who aren't the most sympathetic cases, you know, when they need help, but they still need help, and I can I can relate to them because you know everybody makes mistakes sometimes. Everybody does things that, after the fact, seem like maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Everybody um, screws up, you know. Sometimes people who even abuse their own bodies, like like with you know heavy drug use and things like that, they're doing that because they're in a lot of pain and they don't know how else to cope with it, and so you can feel empathy for them. And still want to help them. I don't think you should be forced to help them, but they still need help, you know. And I don't know. I, I do feel some degree of compassion. I can't just like let them go and and die, you know.
1: I I concur with you. I just don't think that uh, the taxpayers are responsible for that person. See, because the taxpayers pay for these organizations. In you know this this uh, you know fire department here in uh, uh, this uh, little Greek island, Zik. Yeah. um, You know, they're being made fun of. They're being ridiculed for not getting a rope down to this guy over the course of three hours. Yeah. And frankly, it's ridiculous. I mean, a fire department that doesn't have a rope... That they can't get down to somebody, uh, you know, 70 or could, meters or whatever it they is? figure
0: something creative out, even if they didn't have a rope? Like, maybe they have something
1: that they can use to help What did they go up there with if they didn't have rope? I mean, they didn't yeah. have hose. They didn't have anything. <laughs> I mean, really, they couldn't get anything down to this guy? So, I mean, it's a pathetic situation. And, and we know the governments are bu- bureaucratic and they're disorganized and, and what's unaccountable. The,
0: what's the process like for hiring people that staff those fire departments? Or, I mean, and how how would people go about it if they were really like incompetent how would people going about go about oh, I don't someone. think that
1: no, I, I, when, when I talk about government agents generally I believe the government agents themselves and individually are as competent as you and I uh-huh. it's no one is as dumb as all of us kind of situation when uh, you know people don't when administration is bad and doesn't need to be uh, better because well, well I, don't, I don't know no if checks and balances
0: I don't know if it's dumb but what about like dispersed costs and concentrated benefits you know like if each person is paying say twenty dollars a year for the fire department mm-hmm. and it would be really annoying and costly to find out okay how competent is this person are they going to have a rope when they need it you know no one's going to go to that trouble especially if they're only paying 20 bucks a year for it and oh if they increase the taxes it'll only go up about 1 more dollar a year so why should we bother you know it's one of those situations where nobody has really any, any incentive to be following up and checking on how good they are at the fire, at this fire department and right. so and those happen so frequently with government you know that's that's everything with government it's it's always like the benefits of whatever government program, are going to a few people and sort of everyone is responsible for checking up and nobody wants to do it because it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know what the solution is to this situation other than making this a private situation. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it was a private situation, then, you know, whatever responsibility might fall upon the the private organization, it would fall upon them. But try to hold a government responsible for their actions it's nearly impossible and then when you do manage to hold them responsible all you're holding responsible is the taxpayers who had never had any responsibility in the first place because all they are is the the livestock by which uh, you know that's that's milked by the bureaucrats Mm, so you know it's just this it's this situation where no one has any culpability government agents by their very definition have immunity from prosecution so you know how, how do you make these things work and i think the only thing to make it work is to return it to the marketplace i mean it's an extreme mm-hmm. situation where a parachutist uh, you know jumps off the top of a mountain and but i mean it was three hours they couldn't get a rope to him
0: yeah exactly what are your thoughts on this 855-450-FREE is our number i think we do have a nude motorcyclist calling in with his story mark so stay tuned for that coming up in hour three it's free talk live your calls are welcome and stick around because there's more coming up Thank you It's free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we'd love to hear from you at 855 450 3733 855 450 free. Want to remind you that if you want to see some tired looking Stephanie and Mark, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. Not really selling it, but see what we look like after Pork Fest. See our tans, I guess you could say. Sunburns. Cam.freetalklive.com is where you can
1: get that. It was a long week there at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I mean, I really had a great time, but it's nice to be home, too.
0: Exactly. Yep, I need a vacation for my vacation. <laughs>
1: right. And you live more than an hour from the studios, so yeah. Yeah, you've got a ways to get back home.
0: Yeah, I had to had to run to get, get down here, but fortunately I had some good friends to help me out, too. So thanks for that. Um, Mark, I wanted to talk to you about this article. This is... Um, I think we'll segue into an interesting discussion because you've had some experience, maybe not you personally, but definitely some of your friends and acquaintances and co-hosts, Ian, Derek Jay, pretty much everyone on Free Talk Live has some experience with um, the idea of contempt of court, you know, where a judge can basically send you to jail um, basically basically on an arbitrary decision that's not necessarily like breaking any law but right. just doesn't like the way you're acting in court doesn't feel respected court
1: is this strange non-statutorial power that judges have that they um you know that they can you they can extend even beyond courtrooms and it's very odd because you can't really appeal it you can't it doesn't – I mean, it's just – it's a strange situation. If you're in for contempt of court, the judge says you go to jail, and they don't have anybody, you know, there to – who watches the watcher in that circumstance?
0: Right. there, There's really no, nobody. And there is this idea of judicial oversight panels or that you can somehow challenge an the, idea. the authority of a judge or bring complaints against them, against them. Excuse me. But it's a long process, and there's no guarantee that some of these – People who might be the judge's friends and acquaintances, and certainly our colleagues, are going to take action against the
1: judge. Right. The last thing a bunch of judges want to do is allow other people to have, you know, say over judges. I mean, they want judges to have as much power as possible, so they have to protect the power of judges to do so. And, you know, that's a it's a conflict of interest to let judges judge judges, frankly.
0: Sure. Yeah. And of course, they're all working for the state, so they are sort of on the same team. So, okay, this is from Lorraine, Ohio by Deb Lee on NewsNet5.com. A Lorraine judge on Friday suspended the sentence of a man arrested for sagging in his courtroom. Now, sagging, they mean pants. Okay. His pants were sagging. Uh, And there's a video of it, apparently, of the the arrest for sagging. I'm sure that's worth seeing. (laughs) Municipal court judge Mark, was that that sarcastic? (laughs) I don't
1: really care to see anybody sagging pants.
0: Mm, Yeah, okay. I don't care to see it either, but but, but to throw someone in jail for it? I, right, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't, you don't agree with that, of course. I, Just.
1: I, you know, I'm I'm all torn up over this uh, situation. I do think that people should wear the right uh, clothing in the right circumstances. Um, you know, I mean, frankly, okay, here's what I think. I think if you walk into uh, lions' dens, expect to be eaten by lions. Um, if you walk into a courtroom with, and i you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't don't know what level of dress this person had. Yeah. Um, you know I mean, I can I, tell you in
0: the Keene courtroom, I've seen people with sagging pants before, sure, and they haven't been thrown in jail. um, you know, I wouldn't choose to dress that way if I went to court, but I don't wear
1: saggy pants anywhere. Sure. I mean, so, and everyone's... I've also seen people wear saggy. I don't know. I've seen people wear saggy pants where you can see their pubic hair and you can see their anal cleft halfway down because oh. they're not wearing underpants. I mean, in public. Wow. And then I see, I've seen people who just you know plumbers
0: it, brought it, it, made it famous, and people took it right. Too I mean, far. way too far. <laughs> and then I've seen
1: people wear. You know, you're just talking about uh, seeing their boxers. Uh, you know, basically, you know, they're wearing several pairs of underwear and they're, you know, whatever. Eh, you know, whatever. It's strange um, stuff, but. I, you know, I mean, it's not how I would go to court. I can assure you of that. Uh, you know, color me unsurprised that uh, some judge didn't like that.
0: Yeah, it just does seem still a little bit harsh. You know, um, I, I,
1: I could never. They have no other power other than the power of the cage. I mean, when you when you distill the power of the state, yeah. All it is is the power to cage. They've gotten real, rid of the pillory and the um, you know the stocks and, well, and you have the ham- Iron Maiden and torture devices and all these other things. So all they have is incarceration. Uh, you when know, you have the, a hammer, the penit- looks like a nail. The right? penitentiary, where, that, where you're supposed to be put into a box and feel penance. Yeah, And that's what they got. So yeah, they could find this guy, but... You know, he was in court probably because he couldn't pay fines anyway, or he's on probation. My question would be, what's he doing in court in the first place is the first thing I want to know. You know, if he he belongs in court, then he probably should be dressed properly. If he didn't belong in court, then it's a travesty that he was in court in the first place.
0: Yeah, so then I guess you're saying it doesn't really matter what he was wearing. It sort of matters, like, if he hurt
1: someone. That's mostly what I care about.
0: Yeah, me too. And. I don't know. I mean, it just seems good. like a desperate attempt. If if a judge doesn't like what somebody is wearing and they're using, like, literally the threat of jail or actually putting them in jail to say, hey, listen to me, I don't like what you're wearing. That's a serious problem. You know, there's something messed up about that in the whole justice system that somebody has the power to do that to someone else. So uh, let me go on with a little more detail. Municipal Court Judge Mark Mihawk
1: charged Durrell Brooks. Durrell, gee, what color do you think he is? I, I think he's black. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if that's I don't know if that ha- you know necessarily if it's a you know color thing or not. I, I it's difficult for me to know I, what's the likelihood. Uh, you know, does the likelihood increase or diminish due to race by uh, saggy pants? You know, is it is an Asian as likely to wear saggy pants as uh, an African-American? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just all these circumstances. I've seen plenty of
0: white people wearing saggy pants, but I think the reason I said that is because recently I read an article that said that there was a school where they, um, it, it was in like some place like Virginia or something, mm-hmm. where they did a study and they found that black students would get harsher punishments for doing the same thing that white students did. So it you know, it could be possible. This is like a courtroom is almost like a school. You can't choose whether you want to be there. There's a very severe authority figure kind of lording over you, and so I wonder if he was punished more harshly, harshly because of some racial bias or something like that.
1: I don't know. There's uh, you know, there's positive bias, there's negative bias. It's difficult to know. I mean, it's just it's hard to know with with racism today. It's diffi- it, it, It's all lives in the realm of speculation, essentially. Yeah, and there's it, really nothing you can do about it.
0: Yeah, I know. I just i I don't want to ignore that fact. I don't know. I think it's it's worth sort of mentioning. But anyway, so um, this judge charged this person with contempt of court on Thursday and gave him three days in jail. Um, Mihawk, who's the judge, said that he saw Brooks's pants were down and he could see his underwear. I okay. don't. Have, yeah, I mean, and well, at least
1: I, now I know. You know, I have a, have a clearer picture as to what was going on as far as uh, you know what parts were showing.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's one pretty-
1: of the problems with this is, you know, maybe you she- you teach Darrell not to uh, wear saggy pants in the courtroom again, or maybe you don't. I don't know, but. What you probably don't do is reach the greater saggy pants audience. I don't think that that's the kind of people that are reading Internet news stories. About. Well, and
0: don't they usually say that they do this stuff to send a message? Like, right. To and set a precedent or a tone or whatever. The
1: point I'm trying to make is, is that it's an ineffective message because they're not really reaching the people that they want to reach. Yeah. Um, you know, Probably a more effective thing for the judge to have done is you know mandate that a sign be put out the uh, outside the door that says if you have saggy pants coming into this courtroom you will likely be subject to a three-day incarceration. I mean, mm. that'd be a lot fairer way to do things rather than just yeah. smacking old Durrell, uh with the. Uh, you know, I, I don't like saggy pants anymore than the next guy, and I sincerely hope that it uh, it comes through. By the way, when I was younger, I wore saggy pants, but I always, you know, wore my <laughs> I can't
0: shirt picture that t- tucked
1: reason. in. I got pictures. Um, I, got, I wore always wore my shirt tucked into it too, so yeah. it just kind of re- moved my waistline lower. Is essentially what uh, occurred. But, um, you know, it was a different style in a different place.
0: Well, but that's a great point about the sign, because when you go into a courtroom, typically, especially if you are, I don't know, maybe like don't have an attorney or if you've never been through the so-called justice system before, you really don't know all of the rules. You're not really aware of how things work. And so I think it's only fair if you're going to, you know, subject someone to a rule um, that you're going to let them know what it is, Some right? Some kind of
1: fair warning would be would be nice.
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't sound like that's what, what do you occurred. think?
1: Do you think uh, saggy pants... What do you think the proper punishment for wearing saggy pants into a courtroom is?
0: <laughs> Great question. 855-450-FREE. I would include no punishment in that. 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Livers more coming up. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique Silver Dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't Tread on Meme. That's don't DontTreadOnMeme.com. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Free Talk Live. Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And we invite you to call in at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've been talking about saggy pants and how they can land you in jail, Mark. This is very... Well, tragic, I think. Uh, But first, did you want to bring a message to our audience? Yeah, let's
1: talk about uh, SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. And if you have a company and the reason you got into doing whatever your business was wasn't because you wanted to handle a whole bunch of bills and things like that, SACL CAI can do it for you. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI.
0: All right. So do you want to know why this judge sent uh, Darrell Brooks to jail for contempt of court because he had uh, saggy pants? You want to hear the judge's
1: thought process? Oh, I'd love to hear it. Any quotes from this will be awesome.
0: <laughs> he says, I don't have a dress code. People can wear really whatever they want, but they have to cover up. I can't accept people showing their underwear in a courtroom.
1: I, you know, I, I feel sympathy for this judge in this circumstance. Um, you know the the problem that I have with if if Durrell was say a burglar or something like that, and he came to my courtroom. You know, in, in fantasy Mark world where I'm a judge and I only bring cases against people who've harmed other people and, uh-huh. you know, those are the only ones I allow in my court courtroom where I don't allow situations where, you know, government bureaucrats decide what you can possess and what you can't possess that hasn't harmed anyone or, or whatever. All these kind of victimless crimes that the uh, the judicial system makes the its bread and butter on that, uh, you know, it. it it, it, it causes more and more government invasiveness all the time. In that world, I don't have much sympathy for Durrell. If that was, I, I don't know what Durrell was in for. Or do you, you know, if, if you, they probably didn't uh, put his charge it, in yeah, this it story because say. it's probably superfluous to them. Because everybody who's in a courtroom obviously needs to be there, is uh, you know how these things go. But if he was, if, if you know, let's just call him Al, the guy who comes into my courtroom for burglary. And decides to wear saggy pants, um, uh, one of those hats with a propeller on the top and, um, you know, a, uh, a fishnet uh, neon orange top with nothing else. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm going to be like, Al, what is wrong
0: with you? Really? So now it's a crime to dress in a way that's not normal?
1: Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's, I think that there's decorum, and there's not, you know, there's a decorum, and there's lack of decorum, in, in certain circumstances. So and,
0: you just said that you you would only want people to come to your courtroom if they had actually harmed someone. Is he harming anyone by wearing this uh, whatever beanie hat and fishnet
1: shirt? <laughs> I think that he takes uh, the situation of harming somebody, the accusation of harming somebody, pretty lightly. If that's what he chooses to wear, um, like you know, I think I think it's just completely out of line. Now, yeah, this this relies on societal norms and and mores and things like that. It sure does. And in different societies, it's going to be different. If I decide to wear the you know that that Palestinian headdress thing um, as uh, you know just some your your average uh, southern white guy to a courtroom, like it's going to be like, why is that guy wearing that weird headdress? But if I was in Palestine, it makes a heck of a lot more sense to wear those things so yeah i mean dress certainly relies on mores and norms
0: well okay it may rely on mores and norms i wouldn't dispute that but does it hurt anyone
1: it doesn't hurt anyone but when al comes to my courtroom for harming somebody and i feel he's not taking it very seriously do you think that it's going to affect his case i mean do obviously people have perceptions right sure so do you want everybody to have the same perceptions do you think that that's going to be a good world or a bad world
0: i think someone who's an arbitrator should be as free from bias as they possibly can, and should ju- judge the facts objectively.
1: I think I'm free from bias. I, I didn't but have any, bi- against I didn't have any bias against like. Al until he walked in.
0: <laughs> right. But once you see then what you, he's wearing, then you then, then he's dressed like
1: some kind of clown, and we got serious stuff we're talking what, about. Okay. Here, what if robbing if it, here, people? Mark, <laughs>
0: here's another here's another example. What if that's his religion?
1: Um, what if part religions. of his
0: his religion is to wear a beanie hat and a fishnet shirt, and God told him to do
1: that? Do you accept it then? Um, well, at that point now, I think he's a lunatic. But he's not a lunatic if he wears any other number of religious garments? Um, religions, certainly, you know... You know the, if he the, has a long beard, accepted, that's his religion. The more widely accepted <laughs> a religion is, the less weird it is, right? So... You know weird people make up their own religions and say God told them to wear fishnet orange tops with uh, saggy pants and what was the other um you know odd accoutrement that I'm ascribed oh, the beanie hat beanie with hat. the propeller at the top um yeah, I mean so weird people make up their own garb whereas you know just sort of normal people stick with the religions they were born with wow I isn't mean, that a, is that a true or a false statement
0: oh so people certainly wear w- weird garb
1: as part of their religions i don't Is it weirder to make up your own religion and wear weird garb for that religion that you've made up? It's it's all weird. Honestly, no, I know it's not. It's not the same. No, really? it,
0: it is. It, it is the same thing. It is God, all I weird. I can't
1: believe you think like this. You don't think like this. You don't really believe this. You don't believe it's as strange for I somebody don't? to re- wear traditional garb from their uh, you is, know, geographic area. When I see someone area.
0: dressed in a traditional religious costume and they're doing it just because some priest told them to.
1: Sure. That's a silly because their priest told them to. It's because it's traditional in their landmass.
0: Right. But if they were just if they had never met that priest or if they've never been raised in that church, they wouldn't probably
1: want to dress like how would they want to dress? We don't know, because that whole landmass tends to dress that way. The religious and the irreligious in those general vicinities tend to wear the same clothing.
0: Okay, I just think what, whatever a person is wearing, it's irrelevant to whether they have harmed an actual victim. I would you are with not you. the it's, victim of their fashion crimes. I, it's
1: it's not about whether or not they have harmed somebody. I think that uh, what the issue is is how seriously do they take these circumstances? And so, if you can be biased against someone for what they're wearing, can
0: you be biased against them for their haircut, for their skin color? What, um, where do you draw the line? Well,
1: I think skin color and haircut are two different things. Hair- haircut is something that they choose. Yep. An interesting thing that uh, came through my email box. And now that you mention it, is a uh, Change sent around a um, uh, sent around this. You know, they send these petitions all the time. I think I got involved with them when Barack Obama got elected because you know I wanted to have some some news or something from there. But you know, they've had a lot of good petitions that they've sent around in the last few years. Yeah, I but agree. this one is a, from Marquise. Warner, who doesn't get to wear the, her hair the way, and she's a lovely girl um, and has pretty hair, uh, the way she wants to wear it for Six Flags, because Six Flags has rules on how one dresses when one works at Six Flags, because they care how people perceive their business. And she wants to send a per- petition around to say, hey, I want to be able to wear dreadlocks. I wouldn't call what she has her hair, I'd call it traditional African braids or something like that, but um, you know, I wouldn't call dreadlocks. Is it dreadlocks or
0: braids? I mean, not that that matters. Okay, wh- whatever, it's irrelevant. So
1: dreadlocks, to me, are the things that Bob Marley had where they kind of, you know, they Can't... grow into these kind of squid-shaped things and grow out or whatever. Um, I think that you can have, that That black people can have braids that look, you know, much more well-kept than, you know, the dreadlocks, but...
0: Even dreadlocks can be really, um, you know, neat-looking, I guess you could say. I don't know.
1: I, I I think that it's up to Six Flags. I, I think the corporations have very difficult time uh, because they can't put one person in charge of making these decisions. Um, you know that uh, they can't be consistent.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I can. I think I can kind of relate. I don't really know the details of this, but mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem like she's making an outlandish request. You know, to be able to wear her hair in either dreadlocks or braids. That it has seem... this
1: smack of Six Flags is a bunch of racists, though.
0: Yeah, how is she supposed to wear her hair? Well, I mean, they, is she supposed to straighten it like a white person? No, I mean, she's <laughs>
1: supposed to wear her hair in whatever, you know, the, the fashion that they say black people should wear their hair at Six Flags. But if white people aren't wear, allowed to wear mohawks there, is that, is that bigoted? I don't think it is.
0: Anyway, this is Free Talk Live. We'll talk more about this and whatever's on your mind. We do have some calls. It's 855-450-FREE if you want to get in touch with us tonight. And stick around. There's more coming up on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 855-450-FREE is the number if you'd like to get in touch with us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Mark. And you can go to shop.freetalklive.com if you want to help out Free Talk Live completely free. It doesn't affect your purchase price at all, but you can go through our portal to get to Amazon. And Free Talk Live is going to get a small percentage of whatever you buy. So thanks for doing that in advance. It really helps out the show and it's totally free to you. So shop.freetalklive.com one more time. And Mark, did you have anything to add? Any reads?
1: Oh, sure. Um, you can go to gold.freetalklive.com, pick up your uh, – for all your precious metal needs, uh, you can comparison shop and uh, pick up gold or silver there at gold.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up as Midas Resources to not only be able to get you gold and silver in your hand as fast as possible, but to get it to you at the best rates. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Do
0: they still have the Mises pieces?
1: They do have Mises pieces over there. Yes.
0: All right, Mark, let's go right to the phones. We've got – let's see – Phillet listening in Michigan. Phillet, are you with us? Hello. Hello. Is, is did I get your name right, Phillet or Philip?
2: It, it, it's uh, Phil from uh, Michigan. Yeah.
0: Phil. Okay. okay. Welcome to the show.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, my wife and I are almost home uh, in Lance, to Lansing, and uh, we left Lancaster at three o'clock this morning. So.
0: Oh, oh my. For the Porcupine Freedom Festival, huh? So.
2: Absolutely. Um, I was just calling about the saggy pants issue. Hmm. Um we watched uh we watched Derek J.'s victim of crime spree on the uh way back uh, while we were at the pork fest there
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh of course part of that was uh was Ian was uh found in contempt of court for wearing a hat in the courtroom Ian was and or was this I was Pete? wondering where do you draw the lines if wearing the hat is a is okay. Um, then
0: why is it saggy pants? I don't know. I agree. I I think, you know, clothing doesn't hurt anyone, you know. (laughs) It's an aesthetic difference. I, I
2: mean, I think we can all agree that uh, what Ian did was pretty... Uh, I don't think it was Ian. Was, ...was all right by most standards.
1: I can't remember Ian being uh, uh, arrested for um, not wearing a hat in a courtroom. It
0: happened to Pete Ayer, and certainly then it happened there were plenty to of a couple of other people, too, after yeah,
1: that. Yeah, plenty of people it did happen to. And, you know, I mean, if it's what you wear on a daily basis, like a hat, and, you know, I, I can see why people would be confused if they wear saggy pants on a regular basis. To me, I think that, um, you know, wearing a hat and wearing saggy pants truly is contempt of court because i have contempt for the court it doesn't bother me that much and that's why i said in this uh cert- cir- um in this circumstance what concerns me is what did this person do to get into the courtroom obviously you know you
2: know it, 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 it what was the original crime was it a victimless crime of uh you know
0: yeah. smoking,
2: joining or whatever, or playing music downtown, or did he beat the crap out of somebody?
0: And it doesn't say in this in this article. I think that's a very relevant question. Um, also, another detail I didn't get to read before, Brooks, um, the person who got sent to jail, was the third person in a month to be sent to jail by this judge for sagging. He said one man's pants were so low they weren't even touching the seat when he sat down. Um, uh he, the judge said, I told him I didn't think he was trying to be disrespectful to me, but you just can't have your pants down in a courtroom. Had to lay down the law.
1: And I think that if this has happened to this guy three times in a month, that probably a sign outside the courtroom is, is the best way to handle this problem. I mean, if, if people know what the rules are, obviously it's not getting around the pants sagging community that this guy is sending people to jail for There's being. community a community. I don't know. You know, I have no idea what it is. Don't. <laughs> how should i know um you know but it's not the message isn't getting out the idea that you're sending a message is ludicrous when you know generally the people that are hitting courtrooms are not the people that are scouring the local news for news of people being tossed in jail for sagging pants
2: phil that's absolutely
1: you know what uh, was this uh in Keene that this happened at no this, no, was a this, is, this in, uh, is a situation in ohio national, right ohio
2: Oh, okay, I was just wondering if it was
1: our favorite judge friend and there. no <laughs> by by no means is this some isolated incident that's uh you know there's there's a war on sagging pants out there, and
0: there hey. are several states like Louisiana and Virginia where at least it's been proposed or maybe there have been local ordinances passed, which say that you know people can actually be arrested or ticketed for having pants that sag too much.
2: Wow, yeah you know that that, that doesn't seem right, but anyways. Um, just so I just
0: want to call you guys and give you my
1: two cents there. Thanks.
0: Thanks for the call, Phil. Glad you had a good time at Porkfest and hope you drive safe.
1: I'm a strong believer in the right you know the right place in time for the right sort of uh, of dress. And you know mostly what I think the consequences are going to be in these circumstances are social consequences. I don't really support throwing sewing throwing somebody in jail, but I don't support bringing somebody to court. For victimless crimes in the first place, mm-hmm. I do support some kind of uh, you know arbitration, mediation, or court for people who have actually caused others harm. And I think when you're facing serious charges of having caused someone else harm, that you probably should wear appropriate clothing. And wearing inappropriate clothing can be construed by the parties that are there as you know, taking a lax attitude towards these these uh, charges.
0: Well, it sounds like the judge really revealed, like, sort of what he was feeling in this in this circumstance. He sounded like he wanted more respect, basically, and he he was going to maybe the only tool that he has to try to get that is to put put this person in jail. So, do you think in in this? Magical... We do have another call on the line. Too. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's go to Jeff in California. Jeff, are you with us? Hello. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show.
8: Hi. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm I'm calling about the shaky pants thing, and I guess because I'm an older guy, I'm 55 years old. I'm not even sure if I'm in the right demographic for the show, but
0: anyone can listen, and anyone can call in. We welcome you.
8: (laughs) Well, thank you. My opinion is that you know there is. I kind of agree with Mark when he says there is decorum for you know a courtroom when you go into a courtroom if you're there. Whether you're there for uh, a murder or a speeding ticket, when you go in there, I think there 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 requires of you to come in and show that you have respect for the court and res- and for the judge. Um, because. Well, well I, I, I I you know I
1: don't think that I think the the judge is a functionary so I don't I don't feel any obligation to sh- show respect to them but it's kind of their they're the kind of the referee for the courtroom but I'd ask you this do you remember was it, it was the Chicago 7 was it the uh, the guys in I don't know maybe it was the late uh, 60s yes. early 70s that uh, they protested outside the Democratic National Convention mm. in Chicago throwing and, poop was it yeah and I don't know what they were doing they were doing all kinds of protests and they were brought into to court, and several of them wore judges uh i don't know what are these things the robe judges' robes to their trial. Oh really. do you remember this Jeff oh. Jeff.
8: Can, yeah. can you yeah, hear? i your... kind of broke up a little bit there. I, uh, sorry. No
1: problem. Uh, what I was referring to is the uh, Chicago Seven that were protesting in Chicago, and I don't remember all what they did or anything like that. But I, I do know that when they went to court, that like three of them wore judges' robes to court, and uh-huh. it was it's kind of it's interesting theater for people that were essentially charged for first the right to First Amendment speech. You know? Yeah.
8: Yeah, I, I agree. Um and like you said, the the judge is, is functionary but I guess it's it's maybe it's not so much for the judge. It's the respect is is for the authority uh of the judge that he has to you know, he's gonna make a decision on whatever situation it is that you brought to the court and I think you should present your best when you walk in there to um approach him because like you said whether or not he's going to be biased or not yeah i know he's not supposed to be biased but
1: that's um, reality when,
8: yeah when he walks in there when you walk in there automatically we all take a first impression of the first you know when we see a person we we, we judge them kind of from their first impression and if you walk in there the problem you say, is those and-
0: those aren't always accurate though it doesn't necessarily reflect on a person's character how low their pants are uh, and jeff thank you for I the agree. call Thank you for the call, Jeff. This is Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. We'll talk about saggy pants some more or anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Still time to get your calls in if you make them. So hang on the line or hang on with us. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're kicking off the final segment of tonight's program with me, Stephanie. And Mark. And we'd love to hear from you. There's still time to get your calls in at 855 450 free Hey, if you like the show, go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. You can uh, send a little money our way to help promote and advertise and market Free Talk Live. I said that in the reverse, reverse order. It's been a long week. Uh, but uh, if you're if that's something that interests you, um, amp.freetalklive.com. You also get perks like the commercial-free podcast, which is, I think, something that people really enjoy about the AMP program. And all right, Mark, should we go directly into the phone calls? Yeah,
1: let's. Well, you know, real quick, um, talking about this uh, this judge court thing.
0: Oh yeah, you had something else you wanted to say. Uh, you know, when I
1: when I think about the uh, the Magnificent Seven or whatever they were, the Chicago Seven um, and their their antics, I think that courts deserve as much respect as the charges that they're willing to bring someone in on. If I'm brought in for some ludicrous crime, you know, free, spree- free speech crime, then I feel no obligation to show the court any kind of respect. So if I want to wear a bright orange tutu into the court, I'm I, you know, I, I know what's going to happen, but I already have contempt for the court. I have contempt that the court would actually hear a case where Uh, You know, regarding my my free speech rights. Mm -hmm. So I don't you know, I don't think that they deserve respect. However, I think that if you've committed a violent crime or a property, a violence crime or a property crime against someone, and the court is there to, you know, mediate and figure out you know, what who's right, who's wrong, who, who owes whom what, that you absolutely should show respect because when you show a lack of respect through what you are wearing, you're showing, you know, you're thumbing your nose at the victim, you're thumbing your nose at, uh, you know, the people all over who would like to be safe in their property, and that the judge comes down on you doesn't cause me any kind of agita at all Mm -hmm. so i think it all comes down to respect respect on all sides and contempt you know contempt is a lack of respect that's all
0: all right well thanks for that um let's go right into the calls i want to make sure we get a chance to hear our callers tonight greg is in fargo north dakota greg you with us yes go ahead with what's on your mind
4: oh yeah um I was just calling to let you know, um, the article I read on this, this uh, Daryl guy was actually in court as a witness. Oh, God. Oh, wow. A, a friend of his was in a car accident driving Daryl's vehicle, and uh-huh. they didn't have insurance papers in the car.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So Daryl was there to actually provide proof of insurance to the judge.
3: Oh,
0: and after wow. He
4: presented the, after he presented the proof to the judge, when he turned around to walk back, that's when the judge saw the saggy pants and held them in contempt.
0: Does this change now, anything for said, you, Mark?
3: Yes.
4: Okay. It also said in this article. It also said in this article that uh, it is the third time this guy has done that, in that his uh, bailiffs yeah. do tell people before they go into the courtroom to pull their pants up.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, well, pull your pants up and and keep them. You know. So some some the people, problem with saggy pants uh, that the style is is that you know it, they're getting told to pull their pants up on such a regular basis that it's different. Um, you know, pull your pants up is a different statement than if your pants sag in this courtroom you will go to jail for 3 days yeah. and those are two different statements and you know these these kids likely have been through government school quite possibly government jails um you know in yeah. order to and been told all along you know pull your pants up pull your pants up pull your pants up and it's just like okay they yank their pants up and then they work their way down back of their own accord yeah but i think if this guy was in Providing witness to the court, he's providing a service to the court, and the court shouldn't really have anything to say about his pants, other than you know, hey, next time, you know, when you come in here, could you please, you know, wear some kind of belt that keeps your pants around your waist, and your waist is defined for a male as one and a half inches below your navel. (laughs) You know, I mean, this is specific information. That's what GQ says, and it has to be true. Interesting.
4: Yeah, the article didn't say if they if if they said you know yeah you'll be held in contempt if the judge sees it. They just said that. The bailiffs do tell the people when they come into the courtroom that they need to pull their pants, up that they see guys with saggy pants.
1: Yeah,
0: Mark, is it possible that somebody might have saggy pants because, like, for instance, they've recently lost weight and they couldn't, they haven't gotten around to getting new pants, or they can't afford them, or something?
1: I suppose got around to or can't afford them. Maybe both. Um, Either e- one. You know, there's there's a lot of secondhand stores out there, um, and you can always get a belt. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, your your pants made. The fact is, yeah, you're and- going to be judged by the clothes you wear. Every single time. And nothing's going to change that. Um, what if somebody doesn't have like a, quote, nice suit of clothes to wear to court because mm. they can't afford it? I got you. Those people are going to be judged. Their value as a witness is going to be, to some extent, contingent upon the clothes they wear. You know, I mean, I'm if sorry That's true. of
0: insurance. That should be like a piece of paper, right?
1: Um, and, well, he wasn't, I, I think that he was, uh, is the caller still on the line? Yeah, Greg, do you I think know he about was a passenger, just uh, so he's you know, probably yeah, witnessing. Was,
4: I, think, I think it was his friend was actually driving his vehicle
0: okay. Oh, okay. in an
4: accident, and there wasn't insurance papers in the vehicle at the time, so his friend was cited for driving without insurance. Gotcha. So he was there showing the judge proof that they actually did have insurance on the vehicle, they just didn't have the papers in the car.
0: Gotcha. Well, thanks for the additional details, Greg. I uh, appreciate your call tonight. Uh, it's good to know why he was actually in court in the first place, but for me, it doesn't change anything. I mean, I, I don't well, think you,
1: you, support, you, you support people walking naked into courtrooms or, or wedding chapels it's, or it's any not, place that they want. It's
0: not relevant to whether they hurt anyone. <laughs> whether well, they, they're not you hurting you with, your, is, with their fashion choices. Do you Mark? think there
1: is any time or any place for proper fashion choices?
0: Well, obviously, I choose to dress a certain way. When I come to Free Talk Live, I wear clothes, right? So I must have some opinion of it for myself, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's hurting me when somebody else wears a, a piece of clothing that I don't like, you know?
1: I, I, you know, I'm I willing
0: to accept that they can dress how they choose, you know?
1: Indeed. I All I'm going to say is is that I know that there is a greater sort of societal judgment out there. I understand what that societal judgment is, and I think at times that uh, certain types of dress cross even the lines that I'm willing to accept. All right. I want to make sure these calls get on, so real quick let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed, are you with us? Uh,
9: hey, I totally agree with that. Totally disagree with that call from California, if that's where he's from, but
1: you crank hey, up ed a little judge,
9: bit sure Hey, mark the judge works for us the six flags scenario don't apply here he's not going for a job he's probably being wrongly accused as we all know he's probably what <laughs> but, uh, i said he's probably up in court for the wrong reasons anyway let's forget that anyway hey this kid. But what the judge had said to him is go out pull your pants up come back in you don't throw somebody in jail are you kidding
1: me? Yeah, yeah I think you know, Ed. I was trying to come up with a solution uh, that I was would come up with as the judge, and I think three days is harsh um, in these circumstances. Maybe one the day go would, out
0: would one day be harsh. Go
1: out and fix your pants and come back in. That sounds like something I like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't throw somebody
9: in jail. Are you kidding me? Any everybody ought to protest. I don't care if that guy's seventy-five.
0: Let him go, Ed. Thanks for the call. We got to get some other people yeah, on. Let him, go. let him go. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate your thoughts. Let's go to Leo driving through Texas. I
1: hope the audio is better.
0: Leo, you with us?
2: Yeah, I got it.
0: Yeah. All okay. right. I what can are, hear
1: you better, Leo. Go what,
0: ahead. What are your thoughts on the soul saggy pants thing?
8: Wow, well, that, that should be classified as uh, indecent
0: exposure. You think it's indecent exposure? What about when yeah, a pomer- his under- it was about un- when somebody bends over and their underwear shows out of their it pants? It was his
1: underwear, just to be clear. Yeah,
0: that,
8: that,
9: that's indecent exposure.
0: The underwear is an indecent. Okay.
9: And yeah, uh, that that that'll be forbidden in any, any place where you know they're walking around with indecent
0: exposure. Look, well, Leo, thanks for the call. We got another caller on the line who wants to lend their thoughts. Mark, real quick, do you have anything?
1: I, I it doesn't seem indecent to me.
0: No, especially the legal definition, but yeah. And let's go to George in Connecticut. George. Final thoughts.
9: Um, It looks like the judge went a little overboard, but uh, the whole thing about respect, I mean, I I was just working at a job fair a few months ago, and people looking for jobs, a lot of people were dressed properly, even though they might wear baggy jeans out of work or have tattoos. You cover up and you look a certain way, depending on where you are, and you should be respectful at church, court, or if you're looking for a job. If you come in looking certain ways, unfortunately, there's still a lot of, you're still going to get some pushback, whether it's right or wrong. Some of the older generation is not going to respect you, and unfortunately, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass like it happened with this guy.
1: Yep. You know, um, speaking of church, there are some churches where they allow this sort of relaxed dress. Um, I know the Salvation Army was, in fact, a church that was created so that homeless people would have a church to go to because a lot of churches didn't want them to go.
9: Yeah, I didn't mean like, um, you know, church in general. I mean, church is usually understanding most of them. Yep, um, just some. A lot of people say you've got to wear your Sunday's best or... Or like I went to court one time in a suit, and the lady in front of me was wearing a mini skirt, yeah. high heels, and you know was 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 like you know had a belly hanging out. She was very disrespectful to the prosecutor. Yet they gave her a slap on the hand because she said she couldn't afford the ticket. I went in in a suit because I came from work. And they gave me the maximum speeding ticket because they said I could afford it.
1: Because you look like you could afford it. First
9: prejudice for dressing up a certain way. That's funny. I money. I'm a middle class guy who just happens to work in a bank.
1: Right. That's an interesting story. I had never thought of it that way.
0: Thanks for the call, George. We're out of time for tonight. It's Free Talk Live. Find us on the web at freetalklive.com. Send in your stories. Maybe we'll discuss them tomorrow night. We're on seven nights a week. It's been Stephanie.
1: And Mark. You can get to the archive of this show and every other show going back to 2006 at archives.freetalklive.com. So if you called in, you can get you can listen to it. Archives.freetalklive.com. And, and please
0: share it with your friends. We encourage sharing here on Freetalk Live. Give away everything for free. All right. Thanks for listening. That does it for us. Freetalklive.com. In the meantime.